my best friend. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. The big variable in New Hampshire is the presence of independent voters and the presence of them in very big numbers. That's clearly what Haley's counting on if she's going to make any kind of a surprise and, and win this state because the polling generally looks something like this. This is the brand new uh, NBC 10 Suffolk poll from New Hampshire out this morning. Trump 57, Haley 38. This one taken without Ron DeSantis dropping out. So a 19-point lead there for the former president. And I think if you look inside this poll, it kind of tells the story of what Haley's up against and what she's going to have to show that she has yet to show. It's this. This poll overall has Trump ahead by 19 points. But look, among those who say they are Republicans, Trump leads by 54, 76 to 22. And among those who say they're independent, Haley's doing really, really well. Remember, in Iowa, she actually lost barely, but she did lose the independent vote to Trump. And she was strong with independence relative to everyone else, but she lost it in this poll in New Hampshire. And these numbers will bounce around poll to poll because the subsamples are pretty small. But this generally gives you a sense of the divide that's shaping up here. She's doing great among independents, but she's getting absolutely swamped among Republicans. And you put those two groups together, those numbers together, and it adds up to Trump with a nearly 20-point advantage in this poll. So again, the modern rule in Republican primaries in New Hampshire has been if you can win the independent vote, you'll win the primary. The independents, look at this, in 2016, the last time around, they made up 42% of the Republican electorate in New Hampshire. Trump won them, Trump won the state. 2012, no Democratic race. So a lot more independents gravitated to the Republican side. 45% of the Republican electorate was independent. Romney won them. Romney won the state. McCain in 2008, it was 37%. Independents won the state. And McCain, by the way, in 2000, when he beat George W. Bush, 61% of the independent vote. That's how he won the state. So Haley is getting good numbers with independents, but she's going to have to get out of this world numbers with them, and she's going to have to do better than these polls are indicating with core Republicans, where the numbers just aren't going to add up for her in New Hampshire. And if they don't add up for her in New Hampshire, it's hard to find a state where they possibly could. Weight lifted off the shoulders of hundreds of thousands of New Yorkers. This comes in the form of medical debt relief. In fact, $2 billion worth. The life-changing program announced by Mayor Eric Adams of New York will help half a million hard-working New Yorkers get back on their feet, effectively freeing them from the restrictive change of their debt. New York City is seeking to ease the burden of that medical debt. It's spending $18 million over the next three years to forgive more than $2 billion in medical debt. The program will wipe out debt for up to a half a million New Yorkers on a one-time basis and would be the largest municipal initiative of this kind in the country. It's doing so through the New York-based nonprofit called RIP Medical Debt, which pays off debt that's been discounted in the for-profit debt market. People don't apply for the forgiveness. It's all done based on metrics. The mayor and his team say that health care shouldn't be a privilege or a luxury and that paying off this debt will go a long way to reducing barriers for medical care and will help New Yorkers lead healthier lives. 
Now to some breaking news from the Middle East. U.S. military jets from the aircraft carrier USS Eisenhower attacked Houthi targets in Yemen. This is now the eighth U.S. strike against that Iranian-backed militia, which has been attacking cargo ships and oil tankers in the Red Sea. The joint U.S.-U.K. strike hit eight Houthi targets and attacked smaller in scope compared to when allies launched jets from the same Eisenhower aircraft carrier and Cyprus 11 days ago striking more than 60. In that ongoing U.S.-led fight against Houthi militants, U.S. military officials say the search for two missing Navy SEALs has ended, declaring them deceased. 37-year-old Christopher J. Chambers from Maryland and 27-year-old Nathan Gage Ingram from Texas were on a nighttime raid confiscating weapons bound for the rebels in Yemen when one of them was swept overboard. Following protocol, the other jumped in to attempt a rescue. The Houthis say they're attacking Red Sea targets in support of Palestinians in Gaza, where the war rages on. The great Joe Beningo. Joseph, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sydney Arthur. I have to say this, okay? I give you major props for going to Israel. I mean, you you now have, you know, you have now moved up from being, you know, from the days of Imus when you were looked at a certain way, oh, this guy's a clown, this guy is this and that. You have now moved up to being a legitimate, big-time, uh, you know, political, however you want to say it, news guy, you're going to Israel. I give you tremendous credit for that. Think about um, the generations and to say we want to make it a better place for our children and our children's children so that they, they, they... They know it's a better world for them and think they can make it a better place. There's a place in your heart and I know that it is love and this place is much brighter than tomorrow and if you really try and there's no need to cry in this place feel there's no hurt or sorrow there are ways to get there if you care enough for the living make a little space make a better place heal the world make it a better place for you
Got it right, right here. Heal the world. Michael Jackson at 611, Tuesday morning, back here on the number one news talk program in New York City, widely regarded as the best talk show anywhere in America, the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. We are sitting friends in the morning exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. We've got a huge Tuesday show to come your way. Curtis Sliwa, Roger Stone, my personal rabbi in the Ponset at West End Temple, Rabbi Rebecca Epstein, Jill Zarin, Lee Zeldin, Rudy Giuliani, just a, uh, a huge show about to come your way as we wind down this week. Four more shows here from New York City in America before I do, in fact, head to Israel on Saturday night. The rest of the crew goes on Sunday morning, and uh, we will come live Monday, Monday morning, really uh, Monday afternoon in Israel, seven-hour difference. They're seven hours ahead, so... We start our show now at 6 a.m. in New York. It's 1 p.m. in Israel. They're having lunch. So we, uh, we'll be on from 1 to 5 on the p.m. side from Israel. But of course, the time remains the same here from, um, from 6 to 10. So we, uh, we got a lot to discuss. Today, of course, is the primary in New Hampshire. And you heard the uh, little piece that we put in this morning from MSNBC. MSNBC, of course, I was going to say skews left, but that is an understatement. They would love to see Donald Trump lose. And when they're telling you that the latest NBC poll, despite Nikki Haley's success with independence, has Donald Trump up 19 points, odds are it's probably 25. And again, Nikki needs to have a great showing in New Hampshire just to keep the media well, I guess I guess to keep the media saying great things about her, because anyone with a half a brain knows she's got no chance. She never had a chance. She should have done what Ron DeSantis and Vivek did after Iowa and get out. But she's nasty. She really is. And as the days progress, she really has lowered the boom on Trump. In fact, at one point yesterday, I've got all this audio. She said, comparing Trump and Biden, they're equally as bad. Excuse me, douchebase? You're running for the president as a Republican? This guy served this country, hired you as ambassador, and he's equally as bad as Joe Biden? I can't stand Nikki Haley. And if you're a Republican and you like her, odds are I can't stand you. She's a stupid pick. She's a backstabbing you know, neocon, basically a, a liberal, a, a, a liberal Republican or a moderate Democrat, a moderate Democrat, call her what you want, but man, is she an awful choice, and she's getting clobbered. She got her ass kicked in Iowa, came in third, and with all the talk about her winning New Hampshire, winning, if she loses by 10, that'll be a great performance. And as Steve Bannon said yesterday, more likely she'll lose by 15, but she'll stick around. And then she'll be really humiliated in her own state of South Carolina. I mean, here's an example for you. My friend Nancy Mace texted me last night. And there's a beautiful picture of Nancy and Trump and a long tweet or long X, whatever you call it, that Nancy Mace put out last night where she or yesterday where she's endorsing and very enthusiastically 
Donald Trump. Wasn't that long ago Nancy Mace disagreed with Trump on just about everything. But she's come around. So you have to understand, she's in South Carolina. That's Nikki Haley's home state. She's friends with Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley endorsed her last time she ran. And she has no problems, zero hesitation, endorsing Trump. Same thing with Tim Scott, also from the same state, South Carolina. So while Nikki, I think, you know, she's raising a lot of money, these donors, man, they're giving her all this cash, all these never-Trumpers. But what she's really doing is distancing herself further and further from the Republican Party. You heard those numbers. She does well with independence, but she's down 54 points with Republicans. So, Noam Layden, is there any logical reason to believe she not she can't win, but she'll come within 10 points? Well, they have voted in Dixville Notch, right? You know, that's that right, town, so that, that Canadian she won border. All she won all those. Yeah, so Need there's nothing. six eligible voters, four Republicans, two declared. They all voted for Haley. So, of course, she looks at that and hopes that's the way the rest of the day goes. But there's no poll suggesting that she's going to win in New Hampshire today. Right. And if she loses by 15, is that good? Coming third in Iowa, lose by 15 in New Hampshire, and you still have people out there telling me she's got a better chance of beating Biden, which also has been proven untrue. The latest polls, that's not true. It was true for about three months, no longer true. In other words, what is the upside to Nikki? She's being embarrassed by Trump. No longer is she beating Biden compared to Trump in the polls. What's her upside? Well, the money is still there. And if the money's still there, I guess she figures she can continue to run. And she's definitely going to run through South Carolina. She's going to see how it works out in her home state. She's going to get killed there. She is. She may likely get killed there. But for her, there's no other. What else is she going back to? She can't even get her friends. Forgetting about political allies, Tim Scott and Nikki and uh, Nancy Mace are her friends. And And they endorse Trump in about 15 seconds. What does that tell you? Well, it tells you everything. They, That's right. They don't think she's up to the job. Give me the story here, uh, a local story. It's a big one. Eric Adams, and he's forgiving, I guess, about $2 billion in medical debt. This was the only local story that we included in today's Open. Justin Ellick, what is... What are the real specifics behind that, Noam? They're trying to help out people who are just burdened with this debt, medical debt, who are in a position where they have to make the decision of whether to pay those bills or pay to get groceries. So the people who will benefit from the most are people who are just either completely uninsured, which is a lot of New Yorkers, or people who are, you know, lower end of the spectrum, just don't have the money to do it. So it's not even clear how this is going to work. They're just announced this program. It's not clear when it's going to start. It's not 100% here who's eligible, how much money they'll get. So they just announced their program yesterday. What is the latest in Gaza? So it was, it was a god-awful day yesterday. 21 Israeli soldiers were killed yesterday. That's Are you high, kidding me? No. Highest in, amount. In, in one battle? Or in what? one battle. Uh, there's two, there was a, some sort of building explosions that took place, and the majority of them were killed in those building explosions. <laughs> and that happened as, I don't know if you saw this story, but the Israeli parliament has reportedly floated this idea to uh, call a two-month truce in the war. In I, did, I did see that. In fact, we're going to bring Alex Trayman. We're using Alex Trayman Studios 
the very, very popular JNS, the Jewish News Syndicate, which is centered right in the center of Jerusalem. He was kind enough to allow us to use his studios, which was very, very nice. And he'll join us tomorrow, but he did tell me yesterday that, yes, this is a consideration, a two-month pause to get the rest of the hostages. Yeah, 136 is what they think it is. It would be a slow process. They would let older men and older women out first. The last people let out would be Israeli soldiers and dead hostages' bodies. And in return for, of course, Palestinian prisoners. Uh, and then a pullback from northern Gaza. And that Gazans who want to go back home might be able to go back home. So... Israeli officials, by the way, have not acknowledged that this is true, but apparently there was this meeting among the war parliament and they floated this idea and Qatar and the other Egypt and the countries who were involved in these negotiations with Hamas are talking to Hamas about it. Do you know what MSNBC started with? Well, I shouldn't say that. These are two morons, Joe and Mika. What's that? They started with the New Hampshire thing, but they did it for about 60 seconds. Do you know from minutes Two through six at the very top of the show, 6 a.m. MSNBC. If they're spending 60 seconds on their new God, Nikki Haley, because anybody who calls out Donald Trump is a hero to these low lives at MSNBC. Do you know what they went to and spent about three minutes talking about right after the New Hampshire primary? <laughs> I can only you imagine. can't make it up. What was it? Willie Geist was in one box, some other clown in another box. And they actually talked at length that the Sunday night football game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills drew 40 million viewers. By the way, not even an NBC event. The game was on, I believe, CBS with Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Spent about four minutes on a primary day and everything else. Chiefs and Bills, 40 million viewers. On television. Well, you know, what it tells you is they know it's a done deal in New Hampshire, so there's not of much course. to talk about. So let's talk about something else. I got nothing to talk about. Your guy Biden is a vegetable. Trump is kicking ass all over the country. All their hard work all these years, all their horrible morning shows, all the lies, all the bullshizzle has led to this. You just nailed it, Noam. That was my point. Bills and Chiefs at 6.01 on a primary day. Tells you all you need to know. Yep. Okay, big, 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 big show coming up today. As I mentioned, Curtis Sliwa, Roger Stone, Lee Zeldin, my rabbi from the West End Temple in the Ponset, Rabbi Rebecca Epstein, former New York housewife. She's got a whole bunch of stuff going on, including some big fundraisers for Israel, Jill Zarin, and America's mayor. Rudy Giuliani, all stopping by the number as always, 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Happy Tuesday, New York City. We'll come back on Sitting Friends in the morning after some more Michael Jackson, Heal the World.
93.7 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. I come from down in the valley Where mister, when you're young They bring you up to do Like your daddy done Me and Mary, we met in high school And she was just 17 We drive out of this valley We go down to the river And into the river we die Oh, down to the river we ride Then I got Mary pregnant And man, that was all she wrote And for my 19th birthday I got a union card That night we went down to the river Then into the river we died Oh, down to the river we did ride Yeah, 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 yeah One of my favorite Bruce Springsteen songs and albums ever, The River. I think, um, I thought for a while, I think I'm wrong now, but I thought for some reason, Lewis... Little Stevie, Stephen Van Zant had a lot to do with the writing of this album, but I think I've been corrected since. Do you know if he did or didn't, The River? Well, he's prominent on it. I don't he know. He is, how much right? He, yeah. I think he helped write this. I don't know. After the first two records, he's very prominent, of course. And this was about record number four or five? Yeah, The River is... Maybe later. Yeah, it's After the Wild, The Innocent... Yeah. I think in the East Street Shuffle, greetings from Asbury Park. Right. Yeah, he's after that. He Good didn't... old Sandy. What? Uh, whose birthday is it today then? I know it's not Stevie or Bruce. Poor Danny Federici. Uh, he died way too young, way too young. He's the other uh, keyboard player. Yeah. They he... loved him, too. He died a very young man. 58, he died. Jeez. He's been gone for, got to be 15 years, right? 2008. Well, 15 about, years, yeah, 16 right. years. Exactly. How old? Uh, so he would have been um, 1950. He would have been 74 today. Yeah. Danny Federici, rest in soul. This is uh, rest in peace, I should say. Great song, "The River," from Bruce Springsteen. Elvis Duran. You know Elvis. Very good guy. <laughs> great, good guy. Great guy. One of the most popular, famous, and successful radio personalities in the history of New York radio. Elvis who's still going strong. His ratings at Z100 are still immense. And uh, Elvis just sent me a text. And it read, he said, you and your team go to Israel and shine brightly over there. Love you, Elvis. Nice. Well, how about that? Wow. This whole city's talking. I mean, Jim Kerr, 
the whole city, these are, you know, I hate to, I don't want to consider a Z100 competition. I guess you can consider anybody who's not WABC competition, but it's not really true. You know, WFAN, Z100, Q104, where Jim Kerr is. These are classic, legendary stations with big-time guys, Hall of Famers. And they're all wishing us luck. I mean, I, I guess a, a real competition, or only competition, really is WOR, right? Unless you consider 1010 Wins or CBS 880 because they're news stations, but they're just news stations. They're not personality-driven. The only station that delivers the news, I guess, with personality, that's very debatable, is OR. And, again, that's very debatable. So thank did, you to Elvis. He did produce the record. I thought so. Bruce, yeah, and John Landau. Oh, I thought so. So he's prominent producing right. it. There you go. Let's uh, get to Donald Trump from uh, yesterday in New Hampshire, where he officially, officially retired something yesterday. He didn't retire, obviously. He's doing great. He retired something yesterday. What was that? Take a listen, Lou Rufino, Donald Trump, cut number three. He just said, will I be using the name Ron DeSanctimonious? I said, that name is officially retired. <laughs> that name is officially retired. So Nikki Haley said that uh, Donald Trump is not mentally fit to run the country, uh, even though, again, this liar Worked for him the first time around. Couldn't say enough nice things about him the first time around. But she's got the Anthony Scaramucci syndrome, which is I stabbed him in the back or I got screwed up or something bad happened, and now I hate him, which is really sophomoric and immature. So uh, Trump talked yesterday about a mental aptitude test against Nikki Haley. This is Trump again, live from New Hampshire, primary today, cut number four. So Nikki Haley says now she has the two-person race that she's always wanted. She has been coming after you strongly in the past few days. It's worked both ways, um, and you've come after her as well. She she keeps bringing up your age lately. What do you say about that? Well, I think I'm a lot sharper than her. I would do this. I would sit down right now and take an aptitude test, and it would be my result against her result, and she's not going to win. She's not going to even come close to winning. Uh, in fact, when I heard the word cognitive, you know, I've taken two of them now. I took one with Doc Ronnie, who's now a fantastic, you know, White House doctor and a fantastic uh, congressman from Texas, Admiral, the White House doctor, Jackson, Ronnie Jackson. And he's uh, now a great congressman from Texas. I took uh, one then and I took one recently. I think the result was announced and it was I aced it twice. I aced it. But I would say that, you know, I've actually called for a cognitive test for anybody running for president, because I actually think that's a good idea. It would be nice to have an intelligent person be president. <laughs> so Haley came at him really hard yesterday. I mean, no, are you even a little surprised how really dug in and nasty she is? She's nasty. I, th I think she has no choice at this point, right? She's got to just throw every you well, know, well, no, mud against the wall. She does have a choice. I mean, she can't win. There's no path to victory. So she's alienating herself, I believe, from a large part of the Republican Party. We're not about to go all that moderate anytime soon. So if you ask me, she's actually hurting herself for future endeavors. I mean, a lot of guys like me that are Republicans, everyday guys and politicians, 
We didn't hate Nikki Haley before. Right. Maybe Andrew Giuliani did, those types of guys. We didn't hate her. I hate her. I mean, to me, she's Joe Biden. She's no different. She's a traitor. So I, I believe you're wrong in that respect. I think she should pull back just a little bit. She can't beat him. Well, she has all this money. She's got this huge award chest. So and they don't know what's working because nothing's nothing's worked. <laughs> nothing's working. So we'll just throw everything out to see what you know. Yeah. Maybe something will. And so that includes just going on the attack in a big way against Trump. But we don't want to like go out and attack Biden, attack the Democrats. You know, at one point yesterday, Noam, she said everything Donald Trump says is a lie. I mean, come on, that's suicide. That's political suicide. Because he's going to crush her. And then other Republicans already have come out and crushed her. This is uh, Nikki Haley, cut number five. This is from CNN, mind you. Right off the bat, you know where she's coming from. CNN, Nikki Haley, calling Donald Trump a liar. America doesn't do coronations. We believe in choices. We believe in democracy. And we believe in freedom. Every single thing that Donald Trump has said... Or put on TV has been a lie. Wow. Check with the fact checkers. Every single thing. When you hear Trump speak, what's he talking about? Grievances? The past? He's talking about vendettas? Today he's in court? Biden's talking about investigations? Neither one of them is talking about the future. Then she goes on, and they ask her this question. Well, the way you're talking about Trump, I mean, you almost make him sound as bad as Biden, is he? Are they equally as bad? This answer will shock you. Nikki Haley, cut number six. It's not even what I believe. It's what Americans believe. What do you believe? Because you're the one who's saying that. I worry about the fact that they are so focused on investigations and things that they don't like and focused on the past. When do you ever hear either one of them talk about the solutions of the future? I'm doing this because I don't want my kids to live like this. We have got to start looking forward. You've got a country in disarray. You've got a world on fire. And you're going to focus on people who hurt your feelings. You're going to focus on investigations that are involved with your families. You're going to focus on vengeance. With me, it's no drama. It's no vendettas. It's just hard work. And it's making sure we're not thinking four and eight years. We're thinking 20 and 30 years out. You don't want to go there on whether or not they're equally bad? I mean, if they were, if either one of them was good, I wouldn't be running. Yes, they are equally bad. That's why I'm running. They are equally bad. Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Wow, Nikki Haley. That's great. If you're a Republican, you got to feel real good about yourself this morning. Yeah, she's the answer. She's not divisive. Not like Donald Trump. Not her. Oh, my God. There's a five-letter word. It begins with a B. Oh, hang on. I'm... Let's see. Let's try to figure this out. Can I, I try, can I buy a vowel? <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> you're a rich girl, and you're going too far, because you know it don't matter anyway. Oh, I got it. You I got, got it? Witch. Okay, yes, thank you. Witch. Yeah, oh. witch, very good. Yeah. Traffic right. is, uh, that starts for the W, I said B, but you're close. Oh. Traffic is coming up next to great show. I'll work on it. You <laughs> just get through. <laughs> it is time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day, and you get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and get the max out of mini today's mini cast is from a man john katsimatidis cats and cosby great show 5 p.m every weeknight here he's talking to our guy bill o'reilly about trump's possible 
running mate. Anybody who ran with Trump, you know, is got to have a pretty tough skin. The best person would be uh, Governor Huckabee Sanders of Arkansas. I think she's she's compatible with Trump. She's a good campaigner. Americans know her. That would be num- the best for Trump. Um, as far as Biden is concerned and the Democrats, if he can't run and Michelle Obama does not want to run, which I'm hearing from my Democratic friends is the case, then they'll turn to somebody like Governor Whitmer of Michigan. Right. It'd be a problem. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers on the ice last night in Newark. The Devils were the only local team skating, winning a uh, thriller in overtime over the visiting Vegas Golden Knights. Final score, 6-5. to five. Tyler Toffoli scored about two and a half minutes into overtime to complete his second hat-trick of the season and route to the victory in extra time. Curtis Lazar had two goals, and Nico Heischer also scored for the Devs, who had lost three of four. They're off the schneid now. Uh, Nathan Bashton had two assists, and Vitek Vanacek, Stopped 28 shots in net. Devils trailed uh, 5-3 to three late in the second period before Toffoli scored with 16 seconds remaining. And Lazar got his second of the night at about the nine-minute mark of the third to tie the score. Toffoli would take matters into his own hands from there in OT to deliver the big win for Jersey. The Islanders and Rangers will return to action tonight in Elmont. Set for a 7.30 p.m. puck drop are the Isles and the aforementioned Golden Knights before the Rangers drop the puck in San Jose later on at 10.30 p.m. Against the Sharks. Locally, uh, on the hardwood, no local action last night, but the Knicks and Nets are both back in action tonight. Going head-to-head in Brooklyn at 7.30 p.m. That's sports. Sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to DigitalDollarReport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning.
From the trip on Saturday night that Daniel and I took to Peter's Clam Bar in, um, well, I don't know, I guess it's uh, Long Beach. It's not. It's uh, Island Park. Yacht Rock Radio, searching by Chicago. We're getting through it almost. We're almost there? Jesus. How many are left? I'm curious. I don't I don't know. I don't want to look. <laughs> well, thank I'll you just, for doing I'll that. Just, I don't want to look anymore. Thank you for doing it. I don't want to look. You are a great soldier. <laughs> As I head towards Israel, you are a great soldier. A guy who played on that track, he actually died uh, on this day. Terry on Kath. this day? Terry Kath, yes. Is he the one who killed himself? Oh, wait a minute. It was his, it's his birthday. Oh, it's his birthday? Yes. He, he, but is he the one who killed himself? Yes, he shot himself accidentally. Isn't that insane? They, what this, do you mean accidentally? Like Plaxico Burris? No, he thought the clip was empty. He oh, used to boy. carry guns around. Chicago stationed themselves in the late 70s out. They had this uh, uh, studio. I think it was in Colorado or Arizona. I watched the documentary, and they started recording in their own big spot, their their big albums. And he was a gun guy, Terry Kath. I mean, he's got all the guitar solos on 25 or 6 to 4 and stuff. Oh, but that's great. Yeah, and he sang. But he he used to carry one on his hip like, you know, it, it, like Osimus did. Yeah. So it was at a uh, a party, of course, and Rody, the roadie, one of his friends, said, be careful with that, picked up. And he says, don't, don't. And then Terry Kath said, no, 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 the clip's not in it. And he got mistaken. There was one. Then he put the clip back in that he thought was empty, but it still had a bullet in it. Oh, my God. And he put it to his head. No, he didn't. Yeah. This is like um, the Russian roulette scene and in that, Deer Hunter. Right. And that was a rumor that people thought he killed himself playing Russian roulette at a party yeah. drunk. He did, But obviously though. they were drinking, and he shot. He died instantly. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a terrible I thought he story. killed himself because he was, like, depressed. No, it was an accident. I saw oh, the I, I saw the roadies interviewed, Jeez. and they said, no, 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 he wasn't. He wasn't That's trying terrible. to kill himself. It is a terrible story. He was a great guitar <laughs> I mean, player. Uh, that 25, the, what, what is he? Uh, 25 or 6 to 4. Oh, my God. That's as good as it gets. No, he's, oh, he was an amazing guitarist. And died, died pretty young, I yeah. What was, a waste. That's yeah. like yesterday was um, Michael Hutchins' birthday, the lead singer of NXS, and he hung himself with his own belt trying to improve his own orgasm. <laughs> that moron. You talk oh. about a waste. Well, at least he had a motive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, 
I hope it worked. Sorry. Like we said yesterday, I hope it worked. <laughs> well, we don't, we'll, that we'll better have been know. the best damn orgasm that mother ever ever had. I can tell you that. Yes. Yeah, maybe he just didn't want to ask him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so these pro-Palestinian lowlifes, uh, they've got no shame. They show up everywhere these days, you know. Not just Lincoln Tunnel, Manhattan Bridge, Brooklyn Bridge, or Williamsburg Bridge. Now they show up everywhere. Emmy Awards, which I guess was last week. I didn't watch a second of it. But they have the uh, the Sundance Film Festival. And being that I've now made not one but two different movies since August, mind you, two different movies that will both be at the Tribeca Film Festival this year. I'm very excited about that. Very excited. I uh, take some interest in these film festivals. The Sundance one, which I believe is in Utah, is huge, huge. And these uh, lowlifes, these losers, they showed up, the pro-Palestinian morons. So there's a young lady. There's a lot of people out there that have become household names since October the 7th for their courageous stance on Israel and some of the work they do. One of those is here all the time. Her name is Lizzie Savetsky. But there's many of them. Siggy Flicker down in New Jersey. I guess Rachel Goldberg, because her son Hirsch is still being held captive. Who am I missing, Noam, that you would consider? Kind of like the OJ trial. We all got to know uh, Greta Van Susteren. Yeah. I think you may have named all yeah, the Yeah, I mean, those ones. kind of the big ones, you know. Well, of course, Rachel Goldberg. and you know, Right, she's I mentioned her. Okay. Right. But um, one of them who was really big before this, I'm sure you know her, Noam, lovely girl, her name is Noah Tishby. Oh, yeah. She's a big social media person. Like a, like a huge one, yeah. like millions, like a star, you yeah. know? Like none of us here come close to her, which no. is always mind-boggling. But when you watch her, she's adorable. She's great. So she went out with a microphone to talk to these losers, these pro-Palestinians at Sundance, to find out just why they're out there. You know, no. And I found it, and so did Justin. We found it to be great because, as you're going to hear right now, they have no idea why they're there. Oh, that's good. <laughs> We've been talking about this for months. These people, they don't care about them. They don't even know where the hell Israel is or Gaza. So this is Noah Tishby doing her woman on the street at the Sundance Film Festival, speaking to pro-Palestinian demonstrators. Listen to how stupid these bastards are. Cut number 14. Hi. So as it turned out, hate, anti-Semitism made its way to Sundance Film Festival where people are calling for a ceasefire now, which is exactly what we had on October 6th before Hamas slaughtered all these Jews. From the river to the sea, Palestine needs to be free from the occupation, that, which is, is illegal. What's the river? Um, uh, <laughs> I forgot the river's the name, sea? but the sea is the Red Sea. <laughs> so where is the river and the sea that everybody's chanting about? Uh, it's, I think it's the Black Sea and the river on the other side of Gaza. Okay, so it's the Black Sea and the river on the other side of Gaza. Really? The Palestinian genocide, it's just awful. What about the hostages? Do you know about the hostages? Unfortunately, I'm not that educated about that part. The occupation what? is illegal. Even chocolate is not allowed. Wedding dresses are not allowed. It's been this way for over 15 years. It's a genocide. It's not about Hamas. It's not. How is it not about Hamas? It's not about Hamas isn't even there. Isn't where? Hamas isn't where? Even Gaza. Hamas is not in Gaza. The Jews are in Gaza. The Jews? Are there, are there hostages in Gaza right now? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I know. I got this from someone else. Oh, somebody gave it to you. Yeah. Do you know what it means? No. 
What are you demonstrating for or against? Uh, against the occupation of Palestine. So support for the Black Sea to the other river to be liberated? To be liberated from the occupation. Does Israel have the right to exist at all? I think the state of Israel should be dissolved. So do you know what happened to women on October 7th? Um, I've heard things. I've also heard that they're not confirmed. Not confirmed. The rape incidences are not confirmed? I'm not sure. What about not the sure. hostages? Fire, no! Are there any hostages? Fire, no! So this is it. A demonstration at Sundance Film Festival calling for the genocide of Jews. As you can see, some of the people don't even know what it is that they're talking about. Our youth have been poisoned to such a level that blatant anti-Semitism is allowed. And it's just unfortunate. So we're all calling for freedom in the region. This is not the way to do it. That's great work by uh, Noah Tishby. And it really speaks to exactly what a lot of us have been saying for a long time, which is... These are the same morons that walked the streets in the summer of 2020, the Floyd summer, backing up BLM. They had no idea why. If I said to them, do you realize that black kids get murdered in Chicago every weekend and BLM and Al Sharpton, they don't care? What would they say? I don't know about that. That's embarrassing. That was embarrassing. These are the people that are causing wreaking havoc In New York City, the same people, they don't even know why they're out there. They buy that schmata, as Curtis calls it. They yell and scream from the river to the sea. They don't know what river or what sea they're even talking about. You might as well have Jeff Spicoli walking around. No different. It's no. Well, you should see the video because when you see the faces of some of these people, they look like druggies. It's just... well. Mr. Han, if there's like genocide going on, then when do we get the pizza? I mean, no. I, I think if you're learning here and there's a C, then aren't we both here learning about it? Well, that's a good Spicoli, and it's all funny, but it's really not when no, you consider, not. you know, no, it is, it is, but it's not when you consider there are still hostages being held, 136, if they're all alive, which I doubt, and we're actually considering in Israel a two-month, a two-month ceasefire, as long as we get everybody back, dead or alive, it's not all that funny, but these people, uh, to your point, Lou, they're about that stupid. Uh, you did mention, uh, Justin, one more guy. He's been on this show. He's also a huge influence. Yeah, Nate uh, Nate Butsalik. Yeah, the actor. Yeah, the actor. He's in uh, the movie that I was supposed to make in Los Angeles last week that I bowed out of, Danny A's new movie, On the Take. He's actually in that, him and um, David Arquette and a host of others, but... I decided not to partake in this one because yeah. I'm busy. And the interesting thing about him, he's not even Jewish. So. Not even Jewish, right. but as enthusiastic as any Jew, any person. He just spent about six weeks in Israel. Mm-hmm. And he was there when it was still really hot and heavy. So, yeah. anyway, Oof. that wraps up uh, our number one. That's been a great hour. A lot of folks think the 6 o'clock hour, no guests, is the best hour of the show. Well, there's righteous bucks there, man. That's <laughs> 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 Seven o'clock hour coming up with two great guests. Curtis Sliwa, he's the best. And Roger Stone, Sliwa and Stone, our number two at the Samore Chicago.
Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say? Just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Boy. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital. To rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's tricky. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around. To rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. Run DMC, it's tricky, 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 tricky. I love Run. I've met him a couple of times. Went to a Super Bowl party with Run many years ago. I love him. Before we get to uh, Curtis Sliwa, Joseph Abu just sent me this, the greatest men's fashion designer in the world. I'm not wearing any Abu today, actually, which is uh, odd for me. But I'm wearing a um, this shirt. What the hell was his name? Louis Ricard. Skip Ban- Gambert. You got it. Yeah. Skip Gambert. And my jacket I bought from Anthony at the garage in Brooklyn. But uh, most days I'm wearing something from Joseph Aboud. He says, if you think about it, no other nationally known radio talk show host had the brains and balls to broadcast from Israel. Bravo. This is the stuff Marconi's are made of. So they continue the compliments and the good lucks continue to come in from all kinds of people from every industry and every genre all across New York City and the country as we get set to do our shows from Jerusalem coming up now in less than a week. All right. He gets big ratings every weekday at noon. The Rip and Weed, that's a great show. Does a tremendous job hosting overnights on the weekend. He contends he's the real overnight host, not Frank Morato. And, of course, he does his best work right here alongside me every morning, every morning. So he's a regular cast member of Sid and Friends in the Morning. And I'm sure, I'm sure that Curtis 
is going to start today by congratulating a man who usually vilifies Eric Adams, the mayor, for doing a great job, I mean great job, alleviating such stress for so many New Yorkers, about $2 billion in medical bills. See ya. Bye-bye. So I'm sure, Curtis, that as much as you hate him, even this morning, you're going to find a way to congratulate the mayor. Am oh, I right? please. Oh, please. Please. Yeah, photo op Eric Adams. By the way, you and so predictable. Eric Adams, <laughs> like two peacocks, you and your Joseph Abud attire, and Eric Adams in the Turkish guy who makes him all those free customized suits that he hasn't paid for on Madison Avenue. By the way, is Joseph Abud going to take you to Beirut? The Christian Lebanese Joseph Abu. Is I, he going to take he, you? I think he's so, actually born there. Yeah, yeah. Can, uh, can he take you? And then all of a sudden you'll be right in the middle of Hasbola. <laughs> yeah, listen, you just, I, I'm, I'm already going to Gaza this no, week. No, 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 no. Come on. It's, it's a hop, skip, and a jump to Beirut. I understand. Through the Becca Valley. So it's, it's enough that Hamas and the Palestinians want to kill me. Now you want Hezbollah right in my sights. Well, no, no. There you are, want, you want this morning show that badly? It's a diverse <laughs> government. There are Christians. No Jews. Uh, and there are obviously lots of Hezbollah. Let me ask you this. Yes. Has, you know, you were always in these meetings with uh, my friend John Katsimatidis. Yes. You know, I love John. Yes. And uh, Chad, I love Chad uh, just as much. I love Chad Lopez. In fact, Chad was the guy that brought me home. You're always in these meetings with them as yes. if you were, you know, part of management. Has there already been a promise? Kind of like the Cuomo Eric Adams thing. Has there already been a promise that if I get killed in Israel or if, you know, they don't re-sign me, I go someplace else. If something happens where I'm no longer on the air here, have you been promised a morning show? Because you seem to think whether I go to Hollywood, get killed in Israel, go to Lebanon, that if I'm not here, you are. Oh, you know let me tell you fact? something. I, I, I expressed my disappointment to John Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez. As you know, I'm their consigliere about programming now. Sure, yeah. I say I'm so upset that Sid passed up an opportunity to be the stick, and I'm not talking Gene Michael of the Yankees, but Caracapa, the well-dressed detective with Epolito, who became NYPD hitman. You could have been a star. You could have been at Sundance well, next year. You gave up that opportunity. Well, let me say this. If I had gotten the role of Caracapa, from Danny A. You, you would have qualified. I'd be in Los Angeles oh right now. God, right it now. would have been so good. Yes, the but weather I didn't get would have been role. so much better. <laughs> Come on. It's a much smaller role. And, uh, honestly, between the passing of Joe Esposito and this trip to Israel, I just don't have any time. You're distracted. I am distracted. You're distracted. You were on your way to the Hollywood Hall of Fame, <laughs> and now you've been distracted because you have discovered that you are a son of Hashem Israel. That's Think right. of all those years you cursed yourself. I wish I had been born a Supreme Cuisine with crucifixes around my neck. True. Oh, my God. It's true. Why did I have to be born a Jew? And now all of a sudden, you're a Jew ten times over to make up for lost time. You're 100% right. I admit to all of it. I mean, I've said on this station a billion times. I said to my mom and dad, I go, why, why, why Sidney Ferris yes, Rosenberg? Yes. Look at Tony Manero. But, and now, uh, now you're King David. You're King well, listen, David. Since October the 7th, I don't know how any Jewish person, quite frankly, how any person. Well, let's see now. As soon as the carnage of October 7th, the pogrom was over at the hands of Hamas. By the way, the government of Gaza, not just the biggest terrorist group. As you say, it's over on October the 7th. It's kind of like saying 9-11. I see. 
said over and over, your yeah. biggest supporters are not Jews. I know that, but, but hold on. Before Christians, you, evangelicals. Before you get to the Christians and evangelicals, let, let me make one thing clear to our otherwise pretty smart audience. People who thought 9-11 was a one-day affair, clearly that wasn't the case. People are still dying today. 21 Israeli soldiers, 21, Curtis, Israeli soldiers were blown to smithereens yesterday. So the carnage continues based upon what these animals did on October the 7th. But yes, to your credit, you were the first one, and Danielle followed right after. You were the first one who said, Christians, evangelicals will be there for you. But but what you did do was you questioned the Catholics. Yes. Catholics, Episcopalians, wannabe Catholics, Methodists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Eastern Orthodox, which include the Greek Orthodox and all the other Orthodox, who are not all that supportive. If you notice, they were very quiet. Hush, hush, not hush, great. hush. True, not great. Very nope. quiet. You're right. The group, and it was verified in the poll yesterday that I shared with you, the biggest support for the state of Israel and Jews is evangelical Christians, not even Jews themselves. What a shanda! Evangelical Christians are the biggest supporters of not only the state of Israel, but the battle of Israel against Hamas. Not even self-hating Jews. This is disgraciata <laughs> of the worst element. And have your peeps embrace evangelical Christians? I told you they could put millions of boots out into the streets of America in support. And these Hamas crazies, these Houthi-supporting crazies, would pale in comparison. But, oh, no, the big Jewish markers, they'll try to convert us. They'll try to convert us. So you put the schmuck that puts Chuck E. Cheese Schumer up there as your lead speaker, and everybody goes home saying, I heard this speech like 10,000 times. But the bigger question is, that was brilliant, by the way, Curtis, you're brilliant. The bigger question is, I'm taking it back to you, make you important. Who are you preparing for in your battle? Are you preparing for Eric Adams, the current mayor, or former governor, Andrew Cuomo, as you try for a second consecutive time to win the mayoral in New York City. Well, Who are you preparing well, what was that? I asked you yesterday, I said, should I tell the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District to delay unsealing the indictment against Eric Adams until you return from the promised land, from the holy land? And you didn't give me an answer. It doesn't matter because y- y- yes, it, it, it does. if it's inevitable, it's inevitable. No, 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 because I want you to be here the morning, the indictment's unsealed, and then you're going, blah, 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 well, you know, he's my friend, you know I really about like that? the guy. The day, uh, the day that the FBI, um, I guess, oh, he got word that the FBI went after his girl in Brooklyn. He was at the White House. You remember that? Of course. And he flew home in like two seconds. He had to. Well, that night, that night, I saw Eric, and it was at this uh, big rabbinical dinner. John and Margo were there. And uh, they gave a, an honorary award to my dear friend Keith Kantrowitz. Of course, all the big machas. We were all there. Reverend A.R. Bernard, Anthony Caron. I love Anthony. All of us, uh, Jen Raj Kumar. So I did see Adams that night. So to your point, I would like to be here for that. But that doesn't change look, the question. Look, I'll do you a solid, right? This all is right. the number one program in the nation on the number one station by day, the number one station at night around the world. True. Uh, why can't we just wait? 
until you return, because I want to see the look on your face. <laughs> such As I prepared to do battle with Andrew Evil Eyes Como, King Como the second, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Como. Hey, I know you're listening, Andrew. Out there in your compound in Southampton, like Michael Corleone, you hit the mattresses, you stir in the marinara sauce with Fredo, your knucklehead brother, right, Chris Como, and your wartime consul, Yeri Joe Coco, who just got out of jail for six years of political corruption. Let me tell you, I welcome you into the ring. Hey, Andrew, I said, <laughs> like your father, Mario, you are. See, I'm ready. I'm ready to do no, battle. No, you said. are definitely ready. The, the question becomes, because the overwhelming majority of my listeners get it. They get it, you know, 99%. But the 1% is always the loudest, you know, the dumb ones. So if Cuomo really is going to run against Eric, I bring Eric on the show. I don't care about the... 20 people on Instagram that yell at me, the morons. He's the mayor. Even um, the guy from Newsmax, uh, Grant Stinchfield, why would you put him on? He's the mayor. Of course I'm going to put him on. So Cuomo, who, of course, I've got tremendous amount of anger towards, if he runs for mayor and they already put Eric Adams on, is the onus on me at that point, Curtis? Yes. Yeah, you got to put them on. Now, you hate both of these guys. It, oh, I hate them right down to but the marrow But you're telling me bone. that if I'm going to continue to be yes. the best radio host in the business, yes. and it's not even close anymore, that i got to put a guy like that on. Absolutely, because you and only you alone can confront him about the fact that he has vilified ICE like uh, Sanctuary Swazi out now running against Mazzy. Vote for Mazzy, vote for Mazzy, vote for Mazzy. Because both of them were so proud that they kicked ICE out of New York State. Stop right here. We'll get back to ICE and Andrew Cuomo. Did you just say vote for Mazzy three times? Absolutely. Okay. You're not that far removed, not even two weeks ago, from calling Peter King, Joe Cairo, and a host of others on the carpet for allowing a registered Democrat to run for that seat. I did. What happened? Uh, all of a sudden, Swazi, I forgot, he was pro-congestion pricing. And not only that, but said in his debate with Hochul, he was proud of the fact that when he was Nassau County executive, he kicked ice out of Nassau County and then came MS-13. So I just want everyone to know out there, a vote for Swazi is a vote for illegal aliens invading the 3rd Congressional wow. District. So it's uh, Mazi over Swazi. All right, so get back to Cuomo and Adams. So you're saying yes. both of those guys are anti-ICE. Both of those guys. Totally. We've got Swazi on record, and you played the Cuomo. I've never heard Adams yes. say that. Oh, yes. he confronted them in Brooklyn when he was Brooklyn Borough President. He actually went to the defense of those that ICE was trying to arrest really bad hombres. But let me tell you this, uh, Sid, for you to get back into the good graces of the evangelicals, the very people that I told you are the number one supporters of the state of Israel. Am I in bad graces? No, no. But again, you've hesitated to accept what you, uh, your wife, Danielle, and I have accepted, that they are the number one supporters of the state of Israel. So on your trip. And God bless you to Hashem, and hopefully J.C. is looking over you because he was baptized in the River Jordan. That's right, you schmucks and putzes out there at the Sundance Film Festival. The, the river is the Jordan, which right now is just a trickle. Oh, it'll disappoint you. But anyway, let me get back on track. I want you to visit, in your time there, the Sea of Galilee, the lake called Tiberias, where Jesus walked on the water, calmed the storm, fed the masses with a few loaves and fish. He actually gave out matzah and gefilte fish. 
and gave the <laughs> Sermon on the Mount. And that's where he conducted his first miracle, which the winos out there would love. He turned water into wine. Oh, that was a place right there? His first miracle, which the winos, that's why they worship J.C. They said, oh, yeah. my God, I wish I could turn this glass of water yeah. into a little bit of Mad Dog 2020, Wild Irish Rose, uh, Boone's so, so It's all very exciting. How far is that from my hotel? That's what I have to Oh, it's about. a quick ride. Quick, every, quick it's, ride. It's like church. Well, not everything. Will you stop? I spoke to some, first of all, it's going to take me, according to an Israeli who I spoke to yesterday, to get from Tel Aviv Airport to my hotel in Jerusalem on Sunday morning, like two hours. And then when I go down south to the kibbutz, where they committed all these horrible acts, and the Nova Music Festival, that could take me upwards of two and a half Hold hours. Hold on a second. When you leave Ben Gurion Airport with your entourage, you must stop at 770 Eastern Parkway in the middle of a, a abandoned area is the facsimile of the World Lubavitcher headquarters right there on 770 Eastern Parkway on Kingston. And it's it's a, to the brick. You go there, you'll see the Mashiach, right? Menachem Schneerson. I went there. I spoke. You got to do this. It's a you make a brief stop. You'll think you're it's back right in by Brooklyn. the airport. You'll think you're in Crown Heights. A lot of the Chabad, <laughs> they'll say, "Hey, Sid, we listen to you every day on WABC." All right, it take you all of five seconds. You think you could give them five seconds to Lubavitch? Well, 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 I absolutely can. But what I, what I need you to do because you have become a wealth of every person in this city who would have known that the best has been Curtis. You become a wealth of important information. You got to write this stuff down. You're giving me ten different I places. I am the righteous Gentile. Too bad that I cannot take you on the tour from the Golan Heights where that idiot Eric Adams told adoring Jews, I, wa I want to retire in the Golan Heights. Nobody retires in the Golan Heights, you schmuck. And you Jews who gave him shekels because he patronized you, a shame on you. That's a shanda. Or right on down to the Red Sea a lot. Oh, God, if I could have only taken Sid Rosenberg on the Righteous Gentile Tour. And every step of the way, you would have been davening to evangelical Christians who are the biggest supporters of Jews, the biggest supporters of the state of Israel, not even your own peeps. There's only one problem at the very end, rapture, at the end, when J.C. returns. Unfortunately, the evangelicals are telling all of you Jews you got to convert. Or ixnay on your souls. Hey, I got, I got more conversations with the evangelicals on that. But hey, we're here for you, Sid Rosenberg. You are doing Hashem's work. Finally, a son of Israel discovering his roots and forgetting the fact that he wanted to be a supreme cuisine with his sausage and pepper sandwich in one hand and the crucifix and the Italian horns in the other hand. Hashem blesses you on your trip to Israel. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation. 
consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Entertaining and informative. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Hey, Sid, it's Elvis Duran over at Z100. We want to thank you for representing New York City as you travel to Israel. Spread the word of peace and be safe. studio on it and a few other great songs phil collins long long way to go and how about that message from elvis duran you know i'm telling you folks everybody in this town is talking about this trip it doesn't matter if it's elvis who also sent me a nice text part of the z100 success jim kerr sent me a beautiful text q104 everybody beningo on the fan yesterday everybody's talking about it because not many shows, as Abu pointed out earlier, would do it. And, you know, again, being that I am Jewish, that plays a major role, obviously. That is the, the kicker here. And not that, uh, as I always say, look, 9-11 was a national disaster. National. But people in Florida used to get pissed off at me when I did my shows in Miami for the better part of 11 years. And I would point out that, I was in New York. I was in Chelsea. The smoke was going through my window as I stood on the West Side Highway and cheered 
were cops and firemen and first responders hoping they would find bodies. It was part of it. It was different. New Yorkers, we took it more personally. And if you're Jewish, we take this more personally. That doesn't mean Christians don't care. Look at Curtis Sliwa. He's unbelievable with this effort and has been since October the 7th and many others, many. But as a Jewish boy growing up in Brooklyn, going to yeshiva, my father, God rest his soul, Harvey, being a, a pretty religious conservative Jew out of Long Island, Long Island, out of Coney Island, Lincoln High School, this one is more personal. And I don't know many other hosts that have taken their show for a couple of days to Israel in the midst of all this. Now, people keep telling me, I said nothing to worry about. The subway is more dangerous. New York is more dangerous. That sounds very, very cute. It does. But it's great. Not true. Okay. The odds of a missile landing accidentally or some two guys jumping out of a car by a bus stop and opening fire are still less. I know we like to make New York out to be the worst place in the world, and there are times it is, but I cover the news every day, folks. I think people a lot more skittish to walk around Israel these days than Manhattan. Sorry. But that ain't going to stop me. My kids are coming. My wife is coming. Justin, you're coming. And we uh, we need to do this. We need to do this. Above and beyond the fact that it's going to be great shows and WABC will be deservedly celebrated in so many spots and other hosts are talking about it all over town. Above and beyond all that, I need to be there. I need this. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, one heck of a time, really, to uh, to make this pilgrimage, because that's what it is for you. It's your first time going. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we uh, very seriously considered going to Israel for the first time when Gabriel was bar mitzvahed. Mm-hmm. He just turned 15 in November. So two years ago, we seriously considered going to Israel. For Gaby, we didn't do it. Yeah. It's Quite great, frankly, because of the cause. But. It's a great trip. My oldest sister got bar mitzvah there. Bar mitzvah. Actually. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Right outside the uh, Western Wall. How about that? So we're going to do that, though, Wailing Wall thing, too. So yeah. mm-hmm. going to be great. So thank you, Elvis. And uh, you'll hear throughout the week some very, very famous and recognizable names wishing us well on this unbelievable trip. Roger Stone is coming up next. He's a great guest. Great in fact, he's already texted me. I don't even know why. And now, a man who got not one, but two shout-outs from Donald Trump on Saturday night at Cipriani Wall Street. He's Sid Rosenberg. You know that, Sid, right? There is a slight difference if you want. We can talk about it, but let's not bore the audience. And this... I could be indictment-proof right now. I don't think they can do it, Sid. I don't think they can do it. Is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Not even what I believe, it's what Americans believe. What do you believe? Because you're the one who's saying that. I worry about the fact that they are so focused on investigations and things that they don't like and focused on the past. When do you ever hear either one of them talk about the solutions of the future? I'm doing this because I don't want my kids to live like this. We have got to start looking forward. You've got a country in disarray. You've got a world on fire, and you're going to focus on people who hurt your feelings. You're going to focus on investigations that are involved with your families. You're going to focus on vengeance. With me, it's no drama. It's no vendettas. It's just hard work. And it's making sure we're not thinking four and eight years. We're thinking 20 and 30 years out. You don't want to go there on whether or not they're equally bad? I mean, if they were, if either one of them was good, I wouldn't be running. Yes, they are equally bad. That's why I'm running. 
Yeah, she went there. There's um, well, there's just nasty witch Nikki Haley. There was a time when I actually liked her. I hate her now. I mean, to me, she's Biden, no better. She actually said right there. You heard it on CNN yesterday. <laughs> Donald Trump and Joe Biden are equally as bad. So if you're a Republican, and some of you folks have come up to me in the streets of New York and told me I like Nikki Haley, and you still like her, you're a traitor. You're stupid and a moron because she's done nothing to deserve this nomination, let alone a real shot at the presidency. She's a backstabbing, no-good, neocon, basically moderate liberal. And you like her, I don't know why, because I guess it's chic to hate Trump these days. She actually compared Trump to Biden. That's all I need to know. Roger Stone does an amazing show. I, I love this guy. I do. He's on a four to six every Sunday. Brought me a couple of times. Every time he's on, he's great. So now we're putting him on regularly. Here he is, my friend Roger Stone. Roger, good morning. How are you, pal? Sid, I'm, it's great to be with you. Great to have you back, too. So, you know, I understand that, um, you know, and... When you're going up against somebody, you say some stuff. I mean, certainly Donald Trump is not innocent of that. He's as guilty as anybody, uh, although he did retire the sanctimonious yesterday. But for Nikki Haley to actually equate Trump with Biden, and she's a quote-unquote Republican, I found it to be grotesque. What about you? Well, she didn't think he was so terrible when he appointed her to her job at the United Nations. You see, she couldn't get reelected in South Carolina because she raised gas taxes. She was extremely unpopular. Uh, the lieutenant governor, Henry McMaster, very good guy. You know where he was yesterday? Stumping New Hampshire, telling people how bad Dickie Haley is. Uh, she's an ingrate. She's not that bright. The truth is, when they appointed her U.N. ambassador, this is true, they had to bring in a globe to show her where the various countries around the world were. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and the Trump calls her bird brain. I kind of like that. But these days, I don't know, maybe we should call her hot pants, uh, from, from what I read. <laughs> I know. And I tell you, you talk about how unpopular she is. So I'm uh, friendly with Nancy Mace, and uh, I spoke to Nancy yesterday. And Nancy on Twitter uh, and by the way, Roger, thank you for tweeting out. You're coming on with us. We appreciate that. But Nancy on Twitter put out this huge endorsement from Trump, a beautiful picture of her and the former president and a whole whole bunch of paragraphs. And she's actually, well, she calls herself a friend of Nikki. They're in the same state, South Carolina. Tim Scott, who calls himself a friend of Nikki, he's in the same state, South Carolina. Neither one of them are endorsing her. They're both endorsing him. What does that say for Nikki? Well, you got the governor of South Carolina as opposed to her, the lieutenant governor, every single member of the cabinet, the the Republican leader in both the state house and the state senate. Every single one of them has endorsed Donald Trump over Nikki Haley. You know, the sad part is she's just being used here. I mean, is it incidental that this guy Reed Hoffman? the guy who financed the E. Jean Carroll defamation suit yes. against Donald Trump, the woman who claims that you know, he molested her in a raped her in a Bergdorf Goodman dressing room. Ridiculous, first of all, ridiculous. Uh, he's the guy who financed that lawsuit. He visited Epstein's Island several times. He's a big donor to the Democratic Party. He gave 250000 to Nikki Haley. What's that tell you? 
That's all you need to know. I mean, basically, and I got to tell you, man, you know this, Roger, because you listen to this program. I never gave her or Ron a chance. Uh, I keep saying it over and over again. I'm annoying the audience, but I don't care. And I know you and Bannon both agree. The day that Donald Trump stepped foot in East Palestine, Ohio, while Biden was mugging for pictures with Zelensky in Ukraine, was the day he won. Even before the indictments, which makes it better for Donald, I admit it. But the day he went to Ohio months ago, nine months ago, I said, it's over, he won. I never took DeSantis seriously. I never took Haley seriously. And to watch the media pump her up and talking for weeks about the job she's going to do in New Hampshire. Roger, if she wins New Hampshire, it means nothing. She's going to get blown out in South Carolina, but she's not even going to win New Hampshire. She's down 19 points this morning. Yeah, I, I think he. I think Trump takes New Hampshire by 20 points. Uh, and I, you're right. I think South Carolina uh, will be uh, an even bigger blowout. The real question is this. After Reagan won New Hampshire, and then he won South Carolina, and he was rolling, long past the time he had enough votes to be nominated, George H.W. Bush hung in there because he still had money in the bank, and he continued to compete. He actually picked up a couple late small state primaries, meaningless, because Reagan had the votes, but Bush was hanging on trying to be vice president. I think Nikki might try that. Just be an annoyance. Just hang in there because you still got money in the bank. Uh, but I would bet you my bottom dollar there will not be a Trump Nikki Haley ticket. Zero. Chance. zero <laughs> no, zero. Chance. You know, I, you know, I've heard the same thing. She'll stick around. But, you know, unlike Bush and um, Reagan, she's out there every day killing Trump. And she has really turned off Republican voters like me again to the point where I used to like her. Now I can't stand her. So don't you think, Rogers, as long as she stays in this and continues to badmouth our guy Trump, that she runs the risk of destroying any real potential of winning something big in the future? I think she's probably politically done. Look, she said she was inspired to get into politics by Hillary Clinton. She said she didn't even know if she was a Republican or a Democrat, but she went to a speech by Hillary and she was so inspired inspired. She got into the race. Now, suddenly, she's talking about being discriminated against because she was a brown person. I looked her in this morning's paper. She doesn't look very brown to me. (laughs) I I, I mean, it's just, I mean, it it just seems to be whatever pops into her head. She, in all honesty, she, she's not that bright. She, She was never considered that bright in politics. She's not up to being president or vice president. And right now she's being used by the Democrats, as you know, Sid, in New Hampshire, one of the few states in the country where non-Republicans can vote in the Republican primary. And you got Chris Sununu, the uh, the liberal Republican governor. Uh, he's about uh, – you remember that old saying, Will Rogers never met a man he didn't like? Well, yes. he never met Chris Sununu. <laughs> this, guy is a, this guy is a pompous jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he, he, they're working very hard to get non-Republicans who are going to vote for Joe Biden in the general election into into today's primary to vote for Nikki Haley. What does that tell you? It's all manipulation. Well, you did mention the potential Trump-Haley ticket, and Donald Trump said, nah, 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 uh, just in case you folks thought that DeSantis may end up on the ticket, nah, 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 or you thought that Haley may end up on the ticket, nah, 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 but... We are getting close to that time. We're going to find out who could be on that ticket. 
And that's a discussion I want to have with you, Roger, when we get back. Who does Roger Stone think will be the running mate for Donald Trump when he officially wraps up the Republican nomination, which is not if, but when. It's inevitable. More with the great Roger Stone right after this. In the morning, 77 WABC. Ooh, the Rolling Stones. Come on, Louie, baby. You know, I love myself a little Rolling Stones here. It is the Stones, right? <laughs> yeah. By the way, coming up, uh, still on the show, my personal rabbi at my shul, the West End Shul in the Ponset, Rabbi... Rebecca Epstein will be here. Jill Zarin, former New York housewife turned entrepreneur. She's great, doing a lot with Israel. Rudy Giuliani and Lee Zeldin both next hour. But I want to continue the conversation right here with the great Roger Stone, 4 to 6 on Sundays. And you brought up that uh, Nikki Haley will not be on the ticket. You're right, she won't be. Now, I know from our mutual friend Frank Morano that you're a big Tulsi Gabbard fan. So am I. I love Tulsi. I love Elise Stepanek. I love others. But gun to the head, Roger, because Trump has intimated he's already made his decision. Not who you'd like to see, Tulsi Gabbard. Who do you think Donald Trump is going to pick? Well, first of all, Sid, I'd say if Donald Trump took Nikki Haley, he'd need a food taster. Let's, let's face it. <laughs> uh, he, 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 you're he, funny, he, man. You know, God, you, you know, you're actually really funny, too. Not just smart, but funny, Roger Stone. Richard Nixon once told me that when you're looking for a running mate for vice president, don't look for somebody who can help you. Just look for somebody who doesn't hurt you. Right. Uh, and you actually named my top two favorite candidates. I love Elise Stefanik. This woman, she was on my WABC radio show, I guess it was two Sundays ago. She is tough as nails. Uh, most politicians try to avoid controversy whether it's fighting anti-Semitism on the Ivy League campuses or whether it's filing formal complaints about the judges who are screwing Rudy Giuliani over. Uh, This woman is really tough, uh, and uh, that fits the Trump style. I think she would be great. Tulsi Gabbard, I mean, come on, Iraq War veteran, lieutenant colonel in in the U.S. Army Reserve, championship surfer, Former Democrat, now an independent. We need Democrats to win this election. I think she's got a nice appeal to uh, millennials. She'd be terrific. Very attractive, but not so attractive that women hate her. You know what I mean? In other words, women voters don't like a gorgeous woman. It's just a a sad fact. 
she's very, very attractive, but she's not threatening to women. I think she, I think she'd be terrific. Uh, Tucker Carlson would be my emotional choice. He's been a friend of mine for 30 years. I really don't think he wants to do it. I think he would do it if the president asked him to do, do, do it. Do you think the president is, is even considering him? Uh, you know, if the president has a short list, he's keeping it to himself. Uh, I talked to him uh, Sunday. Shows the kind of guy he is. He's campaigning in New Hampshire. Somebody tells him that my my sister's son, my nephew, died last week of a fentanyl dose. I'm Thirty-eight sorry. years old. Sorry, it, it's awful. It's awful, yeah. and it's Joe Biden's open border policies. But the president hears this, he calls me and my wife to see how we're doing. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I mean, he, the guy is he is such a good guy. Uh, uh, and and I, he didn't want to get into it. If he has a short list, it's in his it's only in his mind. He hasn't shared it with anyone else. He's a showman, as you know, the best. So maybe he has chosen someone. But if, as long as he doesn't tell anybody who that is, he has a chance to change his mind right up until July. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, and it's very hard. You got to find somebody who who is totally acceptable to your base, doesn't upset anybody in your base, the MAGA people who've hung with him, but also allows you to bring somebody new to the table. I'm not sure who that person is yet. Really not. 60 seconds to go, Roger. You uh, said on this show, and I've mentioned you about a thousand times since, that you were pretty sure, almost cocksure, that uh, Joe Biden would not be the Democrat candidate. Instead, Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama, Gavin Newsom, that's going to be the Democrat ticket. And I've mentioned that to everybody since you said it. And I would tell you that about 95% of my guests, very smart people like you, agreed with you. But I've noticed the last couple of days, for some reason, I don't know why, they seem to be backing off. Now, when I first asked you about that, that was when Obama, Michelle, was on that podcast. So she was out there, but now she's gone quiet again. Are you still relatively confident that Obama will be the Democrat candidate and not Biden, or are you also now kind of maybe thinking twice? I, 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 I stick 100% to my prediction. I noticed yesterday that Bill O'Reilly had a column in which he said the same thing. Cindy Adams had two columns this week in which she said the same thing. Uh, and here's how it's going to work. Joe is going to roll up the nomination because they've cleared the field for him. They say we're against democracy, but they won't let anybody run against Joe in the Democratic primaries and caucuses. He's going to get to Chicago with enough delegates to be nominated. And shortly before the convention, he's going to announce that for reasons of health, not to mention the fact that his son may be going to the slammer, <laughs> that he's not going to run again. He's not resigning, but he's not going to run again. And by the way, as you're, setting, as you're setting this whole thing up, according to our last conversation, all this has already been told to him by Barack Obama at a lunch a couple of weeks ago, yes? I believe that that is the case. Now... He throws it open to the convention. The convention will choose anyone they want. They'll go to Michelle Obama. She'll say, oh, no, 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 please. No, 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 please. I really don't want it. No, no, I can't possibly do it. No, thank you. All right, I'll do it. That's how it's going to go down. <laughs> no, 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 thank you. No, thank you. All right, I'll do it. And that's going to be it, huh? It's going to be Michelle Obama. Uh, I, I stick to my prediction. Michelle Obama. Uh, and then they they have to handle their... Kamala Harris problem because she doesn't have dementia, but she makes less sense than Joe. <laughs> I mean, so uh, they got to get her out of the way. They promised her a seat on the U.S. Supreme Court. If we win the, the presidency, we continue to control the Senate. 
she's confirmable. She's a former attorney general of the state uh, of California. Uh, I think that, that that's the way they manage that problem. I think you're right, unfortunately. And my uh, my board guy here, Lou, my uh, partner in crime, my sidekick, was like, oh, my God, wait, Kamala, Supreme Court? But I think you're right. I mean, she's the VP. they got to offer her something big, and uh, that's a big deal. And I guess uh, if they did that, you're, you're saying that Gavin Newsom would be her running mate, yes? Yes, because he can dip into big money, not only family money of his own, because, you know, he's a Getty, he's loaded, but the special interest money available to him as a governor of California <laughs> So the Obamas will make him buy it. Believe me, he's going to have to come in with six, seven hundred, eight hundred million dollars. Uh, but 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 I and but they cannot in their party. In all honesty, they cannot they cannot you know they cannot nominate a, a white guy when when Kamala Harris is next in line by right. every normal measure. The vice president would be next in line, so they can't snub her uh, except for Michelle Obama, a far more popular, less controversial uh, uh, candidate. You know, she still continues to be one of the first or second or third most respected women in the country. Uh, She has no political track record to attack. She's never been in political office. She'd be a very, very formidable candidate. People who make jokes about it, making a big mistake. She'd be be tough. I think Trump will beat her, but she'd be tough. Uh, As a Republican, as a Trump supporter, I'd rather see a rematch. Me I too. really would. Me too. I'm dying to see a Biden-Trump debate. That would be <laughs> yeah. the debate for the yeah. ages. No, you're right. That would be entertaining, and I know he'd beat Biden. Obama scares the hell out of me. I don't care what people say. They're being stupid. She uh, she does check all the boxes, all of them, and uh, she can beat them, and that scares the hell out of me. Roger Stone, you heard it again, folks, right here. Trump will go up against Obama and Newsom. Four to six every Sunday afternoon. You are absolutely terrific, Roger Stone. Thank you again for another great appearance. We'll do it again very soon, buddy. Thank you. Sit and uh, be safe in Israel, my friend. Please be safe. Oh, thank you for that. I love Roger Stone, man. I love him. Be safe in Israel. Roger Stone, folks, he really is brilliant. Check him out. He does a great show. Four to six every Sunday. Big 8 o'clock hour about to come your way. Lee Zeldin and America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Zeldin and Giuliani about to come your way. Is sit in friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. My guess, because he could be my choice too. I love the guy. You ready for this, Steve? Is, although I know Elise Stefanik is right there, I think Lee Zeldin gets it. I think Lee Zeldin would actually be competitive if he'd done one thing. We cannot forget, Sid. Lee Zeldin kept Trump out of that campaign. He would have been governor of New York if he had included. If he, he didn't run MAGA. He never invited Trump in. I was making a big deal this time, embracing Trump and embracing MAGA. Right. Lee Zeldin kept it at arm's length. It, he listen, did. If he Lee did. Zeldin, and Lee Zeldin's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. He's a great guy. If he had embraced Trump from the beginning, Lee Zeldin 
would have been what he should be right now, which is the governor of New York. Those are very strong words from Steve Bannon. I disagree with. I, I don't think Lee Zeldin could have run any better a campaign. You know, I did bring up to Bannon. I guess you cut that part out, Justin. That um, I said, well, hold on a second. What do you mean Zeldin didn't um, campaign with Trump? I said, I remember being in Deal, New Jersey on a very humid Sunday on the beach. Uh, one of Lee Zeldin's campaign stops. When Donald Trump was there and spoke, I was there with Danielle. I saw it. I said, yeah, but it wasn't enough. So that's Steve Bannon's contention that Trump will not pick Lee Zeldin as his potential running mate because he wasn't MAGA enough when he ran for governor. Lee, I, uh, I know you like Steve. I like Steve, too. I, I, and, and whether you're, you're in the running or not, it doesn't matter. What did you think of his analysis? I don't really have much of an opinion of it. I mean, you know, during the campaign, uh, we had multiple campaign events uh, with President Trump. I was there. As you pointed out, you were there. But, uh, you know, listen, when we were were running the the campaign for governor, uh, it was a campaign that was focused on issues. Uh, It was focused on trying to save the state, you know, trying to make streets safe and life in New York more affordable. COVID was still going on. And, uh, you know, the, as far as the policies that were firing you know, nurses and teachers and firefighters, uh, this was a race between uh, Lee Zeldin and Kathy Hochul. Uh, it was a, a race for New York voters to decide the direction they want of the state. And, uh, you know, as, as you know, it's still going on. New Yorkers hitting their breaking point and fleeing. That's the state. The race was about from the very beginning. It never wavered. Uh, and even when, uh, you know, Kathy Hochul tried to make the race about issues other than what were were most important to the voters of New York, we stayed on message. And, um, you know, listen, I, if, if, if um, I had to go back and, and do, do it again, I would, again, focus on the issues that matter most to the voters. I mean, it's a state where you have three and a half million more Democrats than Republicans. You have Democrats, Republicans, independents. Uh, people from all across uh, New York kind of you know, all hitting their breaking point. And even longtime disenfranchised Democrat voters harmed by Democratic policies uh, deciding that they want to try something new. And uh, yeah, I would say for anyone out there, whether it's you know 2024, it's uh, it's 10 years from now when, when running one of these campaigns for office, you know, you can never be faulting a campaign that is focusing you know, as much as we were on the issues that matter most yep. to the voters. I mean, I think uh, that's critical for any campaign. I agree. I thought you ran a magnificent campaign. Uh, there's no logical reason for your finish. There is none. Like you said, millions and millions more Democrats, and uh, you had a biting of nails to the very end because of your campaign. And I love Trump, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were just with President Trump in Iowa and New Hampshire maybe a couple of days ago. So we know how you feel about the president. So... I disagree with Steve on that one. He's a very smart guy, but uh, well, it's, it's funny. I mean, like you're on the phone, like uh, I actually went to a right. I said that to him. President Trump. <laughs> yeah. for, uh, I was sitting in the Hope. fifth row when Lee Zeldin and Donald okay. Trump in Deal, New Jersey, were talking to you us. Spoke. You were a speaker at that. <laughs> I was. You're, you know, you you know, I forgot about that. Not only was I a speaker, Lee Zeldin, but I got to tell you, I was great. Anyway. <laughs> 
I went to a bunch of your events, and uh, they were all terrific. I mean, again, you just I tell you, the other great event uh, that comes to mind uh, first is uh, Steve, and he lived. I don't know where the hell he lived. Somewhere yeah, on where was it? In Nishikwag. Nishikwag. Donald Trump Jr., Kimberly Guilfoyle, Lawrence Taylor. That was some night too. Or Ray Kelly. That was some night. Yeah, that was that was a pretty epic event there on the North Shore of Long Island, and uh, I mean they they went they went all out. They know how to host an event. Everyone had a good time, raised some good funds to help get our message out, and uh, yeah, I mean those are. Those are just two of the the many stops. You were uh, you were great during the campaign. You. You, you, were, you. you were showing up where wherever possible to help get the word out, and it was really it was about it was about something bigger than than us. I yep. mean, we were yep. we, we we had a moment, we had an opportunity, and it, we we came close. No regrets. Started early, worked hard, and and uh, fortunately, there's still a lot of New Yorkers who haven't given up on the state. But unfortunately, every single day, more and more people flee this place. It is unbelievable the amount of people that are leaving, and, and unfortunately, Lee, not that rich people matter more than not rich people, but they do in terms of taxes and, and uh, you know, start talking about the state's money and a lot of wealthy people, which really hurts the economy here, are uh, are getting out of here, and that has not slowed down. I mean, I remember during the debate, you were great. You know, you basically said, if everything is going so well, Kathy, why is everybody leaving why? Right. This is not long after she told you and Trump and a bunch of people to get on a plane and get the hell out of here because you don't share her values. So I guess my point is you run this great campaign. You almost win. She stays in power. And, Lee, nothing's changed. Nothing. It's just it's getting worse. I mean, now they have uh, a new executive budget just came out. The legislature is back in session up in Albany and headlines. I saw this morning in the news about Hochul wanting to wean New York off of gas. And like, why? I mean, you know, you have New Yorkers who want that choice. We have. We don't well, let me have, tell you, let me stop you right there. Forget about New Yorkers. Let me stop you. Forget about New Yorkers that want the choice. John Katsimatidis, as you know, Lee builds these beautiful buildings. He just built this unbelievable building in St. Petersburg on the west coast of Florida. He's got those gorgeous condos on Coney Island. He's furious because he's like, I'm not going to spend money building my buildings in New York if my tenants can't have gas. So even a guy like him is mad. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, I mean, he, obviously he understands so many dimensions of this, one of which is that for the average New Yorker who's struggling to make ends meet, it hits them the hardest. They're the ones who are going to have to pay more than they were before. I remember on the campaign trail walking into Ann's Pancakes in the southern uh, the southern tier of New York, and it was a breakfast event, and there was no power when we walked in, but everyone still got their pancakes. They still got their breakfast. Why? Because they don't just run on electricity. They were able to operate off of gas and these people on the southern tier who are sitting on these resources are looking across the border into pennsylvania where republicans and democrats all across the ideological spectrum they all understand the value on the pennsylvania side for the economy for independence for the strength of their state so they allow people to be able to safely extract these natural resources uh, but no, for for Kathy Hochul up in Albany, it's all about pandering to to some special interests that come in. They want to make these 
uh, you know, a, a few donors happy uh, who are, are advocating for, you know, basically getting rid of all gas and they, they won't approve new pipeline applications. They won't allow the safe extraction of natural gas. Uh, I mean, it's it's painful. And these these decisions that get made by somebody like John Katzmatidis, you know, is it's significant. I mean, the, yes. the amount of tax revenue that gets lost, the opportunities. That's right. And for the individual New Yorkers, you know, and right, and right where I began, they the one they're the ones who get hit the hardest when their bills go up and they don't have the choice and the option. When New York doesn't have the electric capacity to to, to actually implement these crazy policies in Albany. I mean, the fact is, Lee Zeldin, if you would have won, two things would have happened. We would have been better financially, which is what we're talking about right now, and safety. And that's what she promised. She promised that. We knew she couldn't deliver, but she promised that. And our mutual friend Jennifer Harrison, whose boyfriend was murdered, and she's never, ever really gotten any type of remorse or help from this city and or state. That's why she started her victim's, uh, victim's advocate deal out there on Long Island. She reminds me that not just the gas issue, how about the fact that Kathy Hochul wants to close five prisons when there are still people and officers getting their asses kicked on the streets? Yeah, we, I mean, we need to end what's called the, the HALT Act, which was uh, signed into law, which ends the tool of solitary confinement, uh, which maintains good order and discipline inside the correctional facilities. But it doesn't end there. And the, the lack of logic in which prisons to close. When Kathy Hochul was uh, last signing off on closing a whole bunch of uh, prisons, she was talking about how there needs to be a focus on uh, more drug treatment. But one of the, the prisons she was closing was the only drug treatment <laughs> prison in the entire system. Like, it's, it's illogical. Last year they passed the Clean Slate Act, and you know, they don't have ju- they don't give judges discretion uh, to weigh dangerousness when setting bail to raise the age and less is more. There's so many bad bills. They're going after qualified immunity. They attack our law enforcement, and when they start a new session of the state legislature, like what happens this month, they, the powers that be, the one party Democrat rule up in Albany. They are back at their desks wondering what else they can do to protect criminals over law-abiding New Yorkers, and it's it's totally the wrong direction. It's just such a no-brainer, too, that we should be asking ourselves, what do we do to make streets safer for law-abiding New Yorkers? That is the constituency. First and foremost, we need to be fighting for, but that unfortunately is – not the constituency that the current people in charge are prioritizing. You're right. Two minutes to go, Lee. Um, I'm going to Israel for the first time in my life, and uh, hopefully my father, who passed away three years ago, sees this, because he'd be so proud. And I'm going Saturday. People go, why are you going now? And I love that question. That's exactly why I'm going now, when you ask that question. And we're we're going to do four shows from Jerusalem coming up next week. So not only were you a great congressman, Tremendous run for governor. By the way, a, 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 a hero serving this country proudly then and now. But you're Jewish, and you don't hide that, not even a little. So as we make our way to Israel, the live show is coming up next week. Michael Goodwin wrote something in the New York Post last week. He basically vomited what I've been saying for months, which is Joe Biden is playing on both teams. He has funded Iran and now I know he's going after the Houthis, but it's a bit late. They attacked us 26 times, and yet he says he's on the side of Israel while asking for ceasefires. How do you feel about Biden's performance so far? 
Well, I mean, the policies are all over the place. He actually got rid of the terrorist designation on the Houthis. Uh, that, that was something that the Trump administration put into place. He came into office, and, and Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, was pushing to remove the designation. And now, you know, here we see them attacking the U.S. October 7th happened just weeks. That attack happened just weeks after the United States released billions of dollars to Iran in what was yet another uh, hostage ransom payment. And in in Israel, uh, this like this way of playing politics of having an administration that is filled with with people who despise Israel, who uh, will not be strong, uh, you know, and and unwavering when when talking just as as honest brokers and truth tellers of the reality that what what is taking place over there are terrorists. The people who are taking to our streets and on college campuses who are dressing like Hamas terrorists or using rhetoric like Hamas terrorists and are actually pushing people around or or forcing them to stay inside of buildings. Those people out on the streets, they're not voting for – they didn't vote for me. The people who are running these college campuses, these folks aren't conservatives. Nope. I mean, it's time to lead within your own ranks, within your own administration, within your own party, your own supporters. You sign up for this position. You want to be president of the United States. You want to be leader of the free world. You need to be strong and unwavering and consistent. And you're going into the heart of an area where you have a beacon of freedom and liberty you know, in the area of a, a very dark region of the world. And, and it's awesome that you're going. Thank you. Uh, and I really can't wait until we have an administration again here in this country that, that understands to treat friends like friends and adversaries like adversaries and not to waver. Man, that was well said. Uh, I'll end it with this. Any Jewish person at this point that votes Democrat is a disgrace. I'm sorry. I've got relatives, sister, who's a Democrat. Disgrace. All I'm going to say, because as you mentioned, the administration, that party, I'm not even talking about Omar. I'm not even talking about Talib or AOC. They're, they're as bad an anti-Semite as anybody. I mean self-hating Jews in that party. From Bernie Sanders, Chuck Schumer does nothing. It really is embarrassing. Anyway, you are great, and uh, I love you. Thank you for coming on this morning. We'll do it again very soon. Lee Zeldin, thank you. Have a great trip. My man, thank you. Lee Zeldin right there on Sid and Friends in the morning. And that um, brings us closer to the Rudy Giuliani conversation. Yes. Also, my rabbi at West End Temple, Rabbi Rebecca Epstein, she'll be here. Jill Zarin will be here. And Rudy Giuliani. Oh, that's still a come Tuesday edition. Sitting friends in the morning.
77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. The great Joe Beningo. Joseph, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sydney Arthur. I have to say this, okay? I give you major props for going to Israel. I mean, you you now have, you know, you have now moved up from being, you know, from the days of Imus when you were looked at a certain way, oh, this guy's a clown, this guy is this and that. You have now moved up to being a legitimate, big-time, uh, you know, political, however you want to say it, news guy. You're going to Israel. I give you tremendous credit for that. guy, my former midday partner at WFAN, the legendary Joe Beningo, on this show yesterday. And like everybody else told you, I've been hearing from everybody in this town, across the country, folks that are genuinely appreciative and not all Jewish, that we are making, as Justin called, the pilgrimage starting next week. And I think Beningo, I know he likes both underdogs to cover. The Lions are getting a touchdown. That's a lot of points against the Niners, and Kansas City going back to their sixth consecutive AFC championship. Two of those have resulted in Super Bowl wins from Mahomes and Kelsey. They're getting three and a half against Baltimore. That may be a half too many. I don't know. He likes both underdogs. He actually thinks Kansas City is going to win. He thinks Kansas City plays the Niners again, a rematch of what we saw a couple of years ago when Garoppolo was a 49er quarterback, but he does like both underdogs. We'll make our picks coming up on Friday before we leave uh, for Israel. The good news is the week we're in Israel, there's no football. That is the off week between the championship games and Super Bowl 58, which comes your way Sunday, Feb 11, and we'll be back in town Sunday, Feb 4. America's mayor. I love this man I mean it with all my heart. Saw him last week at Esposito's funeral at St. Patrick's. Just a wonderful guy. The great Rudy Giuliani is coming up next. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. The program will wipe out debt for up to a half a million New Yorkers on a one-time basis. And will be the largest municipal initiative of its kind in the country. Mayor Eric Adams, 
Well, you know who's the greatest mayor of all time, not just in New York City, any state in the history, the great history of this country, is Rudy. Rudy has become quite the radio star, too, 3 p.m. every weekday here on WABC. And he's on with me every Tuesday, and he kicks ass every time. And I love him. I love him. In fact, before I get to Adams, Rudy, you know, there was a poignant moment last Tuesday. I left this show a week ago, early, right after you were on. And I walked over to St. Patrick's Cathedral to be there for Joe Esposito. We're all there, all the, all the big New Yorkers, even that douchebag Bill de Blasio. And, um, <laughs> and when it was over, when it was over, I was standing outside on a line of very influential, important New Yorkers. And I was standing next to, in my opinion, the two biggest ones, you and your son. And the snow was, the snow was coming down hard. The sleet was hitting us in the face. Our faces were freezing. Our hands were freezing as they delivered that coffin into the hearse and gave his daughter Uh, that beautiful plant. But I got to tell you, standing next to you last Tuesday made it that much more special. It really did. Thank you. You know how much I love you, but I have to tell you something. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to rat on you. I'm going to the boss, uh, Castamatidis, John Castamatidis, and saying, he better prohibit you when you go to Israel from joining the IDF. Because <laughs> I, ha- I have a feeling you'll join it. And then I'm telling him, if he lets you join, and he doesn't let me join, I'm quick. But then he's going to sit. If, he- if you're going to join, now you're a lot younger than I am. But right. still, you're too old to fight. <laughs> right. So if he's going to let you join, yeah. I want to come over, and I want to, a man, you know, I'm old enough where I'd like to choose the way I go out. <laughs> I would love going out. I'm one of those bastards. Excuse me. No, that's I beautiful. Mean, yes, sometimes, sometimes you get your – I felt that way on, on 9-11. No, I told Bush when he came to New York, the first thing I said to him was he grabbed me, he held the back, and he said, Rudy, what can I do for you? I said, if you catch Ben Laden, you let me kill him. Wow. Oh, you actually said that. I meant, I, I said execute him. If you let me execute him, I don't, I don't, I don't, I wasn't sure if I meant try the case or pull the switch, one or the other. Sometimes you get so angry at these yeah, people. Yeah. yeah. When, I, when I start thinking of what they were doing in in those little kibbutzim in Israel, you know, when you go there, go go look at it. I'm sure you're going to do it. Go look yes. at the places they they had a mission to attack old people and children. That was their. That was the aim of their mission. I've never even. I've never heard of that. No. You, you go and attack. Well, not only that. Not only not not only old people and children, but it was written down, Rudy. It was written down that yeah, they right. must. They must rape all the young girls. They still have like twenty yeah. young girls sitting there right there in Gaza right now. Yeah, and ki- killing uh, parents in front of the kids. Kids in front of the parents. I mean, it was it was it was uh, orchestrated. Directed, premeditated. Uh, I've never heard of it quite that way. I'm sure it's happened before, but I, it happens in war that you know innocents get killed. But that's the aim of the invasion to go kill innocents. You know, leave the army alone, go kill innocents. Yeah. Unbelievable. It is. So let me let me start there. Then we'll get to Adams and uh, Trump in New Hampshire and Fannie Willis uh, momentarily. Oh, I'm, really, I'm getting I'm getting excited about. I know, but hold on to that. Hold on to Fannie Willis. Hold on. No, you're getting excited. Tell me about uh, how you think Biden is uh, doing so far in this uh, Hamas-Israel war. Awful. 
and he's getting away with it. I mean, it's unbelievable. The guy's a double-crossed Israel completely, and he's he he's a he's a double talker. You know, I support Israel. I support Israel. You know, here's here's a here's a five billion for 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 Iran, <laughs> six billion for That's Iran. Unbelievable. I support Israel. I support Israel. Here's money to the UN to bring things to uh, Gaza, and we know the UN agency works directly with Hamas for years, siphoning off everything to them. Basically, the U.N. Is, uh, could be part of Hamas. You give money to the U.N., you're giving money to Hamas. He know, now, a lot of people don't know that, but he knows that. How, how can you, I never understood how you could say you're a friend of Israel and, and want to and actually give money to a country that is dedicated to the destruction of Israel. Not only giving money, I mean, but, it, but not only giving money, and, and this is where when I called... Joe Biden complicit, Michael Goodwin of the New York Post got angry with me, but F him, I mean that, and I love the guy. Not only giving money, but they loosened every sanction that Donald Trump put in place. They don't need the money. They don't need the $6 billion. They've made billions over the years from China on oil. That's a great, great point, uh, Sid. You know, you know, I found that out when Trump first became president. About three or four weeks into his being president, Iran was already suffering economically. And all he was doing was enforcing the sanctions that were on the books. And he realized very quickly, and I did too, uh, uh, Obama had the sanctions, but he wasn't using them. He didn't even have to get new sanctions to crush uh, uh, Iran. He did. He got new sanctions, doubled them. But even with the existing sanctions, it was enough to cripple Iran. And that guy, Obama... Wasn't wasn't uh, enforcing them. Not only that, how the heck do you get away with giving hundreds of millions of dollars in cash to a country? Isn't that money laundering? I mean, I I I don't get it. I don't get it either. And and the 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 uh, the real potential now that that guy. And I'm glad you started with Obama instead of Biden. I mean, Biden's now guilty in two administrations, and Obama's on his own of being a backstabbing, double talking weasel. But the 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 real potential now of that guy, Obama. His wife becoming the next president is starting to scare me. I don't know about you, but it's starting to scare me. Oh, yeah. You know, but, you know, I wonder if it would be all that different. I think he is the president. I, I am a more, a more, every day I become more and more convinced that this guy can't make decisions. It looks like he has a hard time figuring out, uh, you know, I'm not sure somebody doesn't feed him. But Obama has got to be the guy behind the curtain. He's got to be the guy ultimately making the, the, the decisions. Yeah, and I, I'm frightened of her, too, because, you know, she's a curveball in terms of politics. I think Trump is going to win. I'm feeling stronger and stronger about it. Me, too. But that's such a curveball. Who yep. knows? And, yep. and people go, go crazy over things like that. I mean, we <laughs> elected Obama. He was totally unqualified because we wanted the first black president. Uh, nobody else would have gotten elected with the, with the uh, minute qualifications that he had for office. Couldn't agree more. And boy, did he uh, display that when he was president, not once, but twice. Right, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back. Woody's excited about this. He said it twice. I'm excited about it, too. The latest revelations from the Atlanta Fulton County DA, this animal, this, this Fanny Willis. May it be lights out in Georgia which will be good news for my dear friend Rudy and my other buddy Donald Trump. We'll talk Fanny Willis with Rudy Giuliani 
when we get back. Ben. Friends in the morning. 77 WABC. This Bee Gees classic is Fanny. That's right, Fanny by the Bee Gees. That gets us back to the conversation with America's mayor, the greatest of all time, and a star on this station five days a week at 3 p.m., my friend Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, the Bee Gees, they weren't talking about her, but what do we know about her? Sleeping with the special prosecutor, maybe stealing money, taking money going on trips. So the latest, the latest looks like she may be in trouble she may even be ousted, but, Rudy, I don't know if that means that you and Trump are necessarily in the clear either. They'll just replace her, but keep the case going. Well, tell me what's going to happen here. Well, I mean, that's a decision the judge has to make, but uh, we would argue, and will, all, all of us, that the case is fatally tainted and flawed. I mean, the, this was a case in which uh, she used two grand juries instead of one in order to uh, double the money she could steal from the taxpayers. I mean, she d- had a totally needless and useless grand jury uh, that investigated for a year and plus, which generated a lot of this money for their love trips, and uh, they couldn't indict anyone. And then they did it over again. Uh, n- uh, number two, her boyfriend was going off to the White House to plan all of this. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, I actually told I, – I, I don't mind telling you this. I advised uh, the, the president and his people that they should really make a – they should bring a singular case against uh, the Biden administration, the Department of Justice, Fannie, and all of them to dismiss all of the cases because I think you could prove at a hearing that these really aren't criminal cases. These are planned uh, acts of illegal election interference. Uh, they were planned in advance. They were timed. I believe that first grand jury, that wasted grand jury, was to buy time and get more money so they could get it into the election year. But let's let's maybe people would understand it this way: find me another man or woman 
that's going to go on trial four times separately this year for major felonies. <laughs> Not one. There isn't one. No, you could add up. In also, fact, you could add up John Gotti and Pablo Escobar and John Dillinger, <laughs> and they still don't it. equal Trump. You got it. <laughs> Anybody I prosecuted, the commissioner of the mafia, you know, I mean, so, come on. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Now, uh, if any other man or woman had four felony indictments facing them between now and the end of the year, as a lawyer for them, I could go into any court and, and get them dismissed. Because you are automatically depriving me of due process. How can you possibly prepare an adequate defense when they lump four major cases into one year? And if they do it, doesn't that prove yep. that they're bringing the case yep. for another reason? Of course. And by the way, not, not, yeah, not just those four cases. You're just talking about the criminal cases. Our, our, our friend has been to court the last couple of days for that, that liar, E. Jean Carroll, on top of that. And, 100%. Right, so with all this, so about, with, with all this going on, Rudy, how much more miraculous is it? That he's dealing with all these, and I think you're right. I think you can move uh, a motion to move all these and get them all dismissed. But with all this going on, those four cases, E. Jean Carroll, whatever else is out there, the fact that this guy is in New Hampshire today and has clobbered the Republican field where DeSantis is out, Vivek is out, and Haley is just spending rich people's money is unbelievable, no? It is unbelievable. Uh, I, I can tell you, having done maybe what I've done three house parties and two two panel discussions, so I've really gotten a chance to talk to the people in New Hampshire uh, directly. Uh, they want no part of her. Uh, believe it or not, before he pulled out in the uh, focus groups I was doing, DeSantis was number two, not her. Uh, she, she that these people are basically like Rand Paul, DeSantis, Ramaswamy. Okay, I could take them. I want Trump, but her? Are you crazy? Hate her. Uh, <laughs> I think that slavery thing hurt her here a lot. Yeah, you know where she doesn't know the reason for for the uh, Civil War. This happens to be the state with the largest per capita <laughs> losses in the Civil War, and they know it. The people in New Hampshire. I, I, I used to say this. Long before, uh, you know, Dr. Maria was my, uh, was my partner and, and business partner. Uh, I really love New Hampshire, even though I lost here. I love going, coming here because the people here are all PhDs in politics. You walk on the street, you, you got five people that know more about politics than probably anybody in New York. It's They're true. all geniuses. It's true. Um, and, they, and they know it, and they're very arrogant about it in a nice way because they're nice people. But, and they have and they have a good bipartisan relationship, meaning they, they the Democrats here you can talk to. They're like human. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> like human. <laughs> like they used to be. Right. No, you're like right. They, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's different. They're all they're all upset at they're all upset at Biden, you know, uh, not participating in the primary. Yeah. Uh I, I think that's an issue that could be used very effectively in October and November to make sure we win this state. Uh, they're very angry at it. Well, good. The main, the main, and the Social Security thing has really rebounded on her. And they make the point, even if you're going to change Social Security, you don't go from 65 to 77. That's a hell of a change in the promise. And, and we're doing it at a time in which our mortality rates are, 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 are going down. Yes. 
I mean, we've had two years in a row in which people don't live as long. No, of course not. That's a hell of a time. That's a hell of a time to screw around with what essentially is a promise contract by the government. You're right. Well, listen, uh, as always, you're great. You're terrific. I love you. Enjoy New Hampshire with Dr. Maria. Yeah, be careful. I w- be careful. <laughs> I will. Thank you, Rudy. Thank you. I agree, I agree with the guy who called in. Boy, that is, that is quite something. But I don't agree that you weren't a, a serious journalist before. Well, thank you. Well, the I-Man, the I-Man beat All me right. up. But I love you, Rudy. Thank you, Rudy. Thank you. You're the I love you. Rudy Giuliani, everybody, America's mayor. And he's live in New Hampshire. Him and Dr. Maria, he's there. He's going to watch Trump kick Nikki Haley's ass today. So make sure you tune in to Rudy coming up at 3 o'clock. Because that guy is smart, whether he's talking about Eric Adams here in New York, Donald Trump, or the legal system. You're not going to get better analysis than my dear friend Rudy Giuliani. Keep it right here, Jill Zarin, and my rabbi, Rebecca Epstein, all coming up. Entertaining and informative. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Hey, Sid. It's Elvis Duran over at Z100. We want to thank you for representing New York City as you travel to Israel. Spread the word of peace and be safe. Uh, you know I love the Thompson Twins. Elvis Duran. You know, many months ago, I went for dinner to Il Cortillo with Danielle, my beautiful wife Danielle, and her friend Jessica. I think they're going to run the um, hip marathon together in Nashville, Tennessee, coming up in the spring. And um, the table next to me was Elvis and his husband. And we ended up having a, a great time that night, just a couple of months ago. And I've known Elvis before for many, many years, but he's such a sweet guy. Here he is, Mr. Z100 Morning Zoo. I mean, a real mega superstar. And yet he took the time this morning to A, text me, and then B, cut that little piece of audio, wishing us good luck on our big trip to Israel, which is coming up next week. Jill Zarin, former reality star. Housewives of New York? Yes. Are you Suzanne Miller's partner? Is that the, what is the, the genesis of that relationship? Um, we're best friends. We're like sister wives. Like we really sister are. wives. We're like sister, and my sister. So it's like a threesome. And, and, and Suzanne gets jealous, you know, when Lisa and I don't include her in things. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, yes. she was just here a couple of days ago. Uh, last week, actually. You knew that. Yep. And uh, she was talking about uh, the real estate here in New York. And, and you're pretty keen on that, too. I know you go back and forth a lot, Jill, between New York and Florida. Oh, very much. I have real estate here. In New York. And, and you have a place in Florida, commercial. too. And I have a places in Florida, too. And I also own commercial real estate in many states. Oh, you do? Yeah. When Bobby passed, he left me a lot of real estate. He did. Okay. He did. How many states do you think you're actually? Six. Six. So have you ever sat in on a meeting, let's say, with John Katzmatidis or Suzanne Oh, Miller? no, these are small. Most of them are single occupancy. Unfortunately, I have a couple of Rite Aids that just went bust, and now they're renegotiating the leases to, like, I'm lucky they even want to stay. I mean, they, they 
let go of many. Yeah. And then some were on the border and I was on a border and then some they had to keep. Um, anyway, so those unfortunately, but I have banks and they're all single tenant occupants. Did you know anything about the business? So Bobby, God rest his soul, passes away. Yes. Now it's yours. But did you know anything about yes, the business? Very much. I was always very involved. You and are, my okay. father was in real estate, you know, my whole life. And, you know, it's, it's not that complicated. It but, really isn't. Okay. But now, uh, you've got the real estate. Yes. You've got these other entrepreneurial things we'll get to. Yes. And I want to get to your uh, friend Nolan from Israel, which is very important part He's of the reason why you're here. tomorrow to my house. Uh, yes, yes. But you, um, there is a discussion about reality shows. And again, you became famous for your work on Housewives of New yes, York. Yes, So it looks like you're getting back into that business. You can't tell me many specifics, though, right? The, I can the, tell you some things because it came out. We, uh, Julia Hart and I both posted at the same simultaneously on our children a casting call for a major network looking for um, failure to launch people uh, to nominate someone or themselves that for whatever reason they're in the late 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and they're just failing to launch what they want. Um, so you're looking for losers? No, because we don't want people who, it, it, it's interesting, we don't want people who have like real mental illness problems. Like, I'm not Dr. Phil, I'm not going to have aftercare. Sure. It's somebody who wants, for whatever reason in life, maybe they lost a parent at a young age and it kind of stifled them. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're very shy. Yeah. Uh, and they just need a little mothering. Well, what, what about, a guy, really, like, what about really a guy the, like me? I was in my 30s. Right. I was completely lost. My wife, Danielle, actually saved me because she found me a job at a sports internet company in, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, mind you. And that kind of paved the way to where I, where I am here today. But uh, literally till I was 32 or 33 years old, I was lost. So you needed a Jewish mother like me. Yeah, and I have I, one of those. I know. Well, yeah, I, yeah. Um, I would help her. I would definitely. And that's part of it, by the way. Sometimes parenting, you know, ch- children don't come out with a book. There's no manual. You can buy a book and people should buy books, but they don't. And you kind of wing it. And some do it better than others. And I think Julia and I have done a pretty good job with our kids. How many I have, kids do you have? I have one. You have one, okay. Um, I, but I have many that are not mine that are kind of like my children right. uh, that I've <laughs> yeah. adopted. And uh, Julia has four. Um, and I have my mother, thank God, is still alive in Florida. And, she, and, you know, I wrote a book, Secrets of a Jewish Mother. And really it all came from my mother's wisdom. And I have so many friends, including Suzanne, who, don't, who lost their mothers, who, who come to my mother for advice. They literally yeah. go to her house yeah. without even telling me. I had no idea Suzanne Miller was even Jewish. So she sat Miller? me down. No idea. No Miller, idea. The name Miller is, well, I would think uh, it's a Jewish name. There's a bunch of guys in the NFL named Miller, and oh, they're not even white, not. let alone Jewish. It probably wasn't even Miller. It's probably I don't something know. else. So right. she sat me down for her own podcast, and she starts talking about how her family. Holocaust survivors. Holocaust. I go, what? I mean, yep. she really has The Warsaw been. Ghetto, her mother got out the day before they crushed it. Her and mother her, and her father, right? No, her father actually survived the siege of Leningrad. Oh, okay. Eating shoe leather. He was the only one of his family to survive. Wow. And so she really knows from the stories of what could happen. Right. So you she, know, And she says that what's happening now is similar, although different. We didn't have Israel, and that is a big if. And we didn't have atomic weapons that like that in Israel. It, it does make a difference. But the stories of what happened in Germany of, you know, Jewish people saying, it's never going to happen. But it was a slow progression, you yeah, know. Yeah. First they close the stores, and you, you know, and then they make you wear a star. I mean, it did happen right before their eyes, but no one could believe what really did happen. And I think that we're much more educated now, and we are never going to let that happen. So, would you say then, because I can say this for me certainly, that your life since October the seventh has completely changed, completely changed? Uh, yes, or not really. Um, not really, because I've always been very Jewish. I mean, I wrote a book, Secrets of a yeah. Jewish Mother. I wear my Jewishness with pride. I mean, who? I mean, I wrote a book. 
Right. So you want to talk about a target. That's a big deal. Uh, and, and, and I do wear, wear that necklace jewelry store every day? Every day with this, with Israel. Um, you know, I'm out and proud. And and anyone who isn't um, it should be embarrassed. So when you're in Boca and you see that these pro-Palestinians are blocking the Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Horrified. Horrified. I think they should all be arrested. I mean, I don't understand why that's legal to do. Anybody should do that. I mean, whether it's Palestinians who are protesting or anybody protesting. But by the I mean, I could get into a whole thing about, you know, how um uh, no one's complaining about Syria, Ukraine, who cares now? I mean, all these other places on the planet that are in horrific wars uh, and civil wars in Africa. And yet this, where we got attacked first and we're d- only defending ourselves from it happening again, are the bad guys. I mean, I just don't understand how people are logical. And I think a lot of it is misinformation. I think the Internet, I do have a solution and I would love you to bring it to Israel. What is to the, Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. It's power of numbers. Okay. We are 15 million. There are 7 million in Israel. If even a million people would um, literally have each other's emails or be able to contact each other through social media so that when someone attacks us, a million of us on social media attack them. I love that. And when someone attacks me, I reach out to them and say, help me. Yeah. And if the power of the numbers, because that's what it is, and we are not, we are together emotionally. But well, we are not together like they are on the Internet. We need to, um, what's the word? Um, mobilize. Mobilize. You Thank go. you. That was the yeah. word. So how go. can we do that? And you need to go to Israel and find out how to mobilize all the Israelis to be able to have social media, connect to each other, to, to my, power of numbers. My see. friend Hillel Fold actually does that. Uh, and his brother was murdered, by the way, by a Palestinian in the late 1990s. He's a hero in Israel. And there's a few other ladies that were involved in Housewives. Lizzie Savetsky, yes. almost Housewife of New York. Thank God she didn't. Thank God. And Siggy Flicker on yes. New Jersey. Yes. And they are both very, very active in this fight. Yes. Very. We have to be. I mean, we. I have the privilege of being famous, uh, of, of being the first Jewish housewife, and and being out and proud. It would be irresponsible for me not to speak out about it. So, who's his friend of yours? Noam, that's coming tomorrow. So, Noam, his I'm, name is Noam too. Just so that's you know, so funny. My so, Noam guy. is an Israeli soldier who has literally walked out of his life at 42 years old on October 7th, and has not. Um, and you know, he goes home for a day here and there. He's got six children to support. He's getting money based on whatever the military gives, and he can't work. And most uh, most servicemen are entrepreneurs. So whether they work in restaurants, whatever, if they don't work, they don't make money. And of course, they, they're putting their lives aside for Israel and they need to. And we need to help them. We have the money and the resources here. And I can't compete with the big money that the government gives. But I can certainly help a, uh, a battalion of soldiers and send them money that they can spend to pay their rent, to pay their bills, whatever it is, because I can't help them on the border. But I can help them with the money. So I'm doing a fundraiser at my house Thursday night. If anyone's interested in coming, it's PR at JillZarin.com. And he's a singer and he's going to sing Israeli songs. I found him on Instagram. It came in my feed. He was singing to a little boy that he surprised. I don't know if you saw that video where he surprised a little boy. I cried. So nice. yes. I reached out to him. I said, if you yeah. ever come to Boca, you know, the standard. And he said, <laughs> yeah. uh, he called me a few weeks later. He said, you know, I'm coming to the United States to help raise money for Israel. If you can get anything in Florida, I'll come. I said, you know what? I'll sponsor it. I'll pay you and I'll have an event. Wow. And that's what I did. You know what? Action speaks louder than words. And, um, you know, you got it. I can only, I can, I can do a lot. I can't do everything. So everybody needs to do something every day. One thing, even if it's, even if it's someone on my feed, come on my feed and help defend me. Cause I don't delete people's hate. I really don't, unless it's really horrific, like horrific. And I can't read it all. I have hundreds and hundreds. Um, but I want to argue it back. I want to educate. When they say something that's misinformation, I really want to engage with them. And I DM with a lot of people, and I try to just educate them. I don't get mean. I don't get nasty. I don't yell at them. That's not, that's not going to help. But some people are so far, I don't waste my time. 
if they're so stuck in their mindset, I have to move on to someone who might be open-minded. How many times have you been to Israel yourself? Once. Really, once? I was, and Recently, I, would, I would have loved to have gone with you. Oh, is it recently or, or is it um, uh, about five years ago? Okay, five years yeah. ago. Yeah. Or oh, since uh, Bobby passed, obviously. No. Oh, actually, before, so it's more oh, like really? seven years ago. Oh. I didn't go with Bobby. I went with my daughter. Oh. It was during Passover. It was the wrong time to go to Israel because there was no bread. I mean, it's a nightmare. <laughs> Could you imagine going to Israel and not being able to eat the bread? Matzo, plenty of oh, matzo. it was terrible. It was yeah. horrible. But anyway, we had the best time, and um, uh, I, I plan on going back. I don't know when because yeah. I have to do a TV show now in, in right. March. I got you. Uh, but so I'm getting ready for that. Um, but you got so much going on. You got the TV show. You've got uh, you've got the pickleball stuff. Well, that's you've scary. You've got these beautiful candles. Oh my which candles! Smell better than Gwyneth Paltrow's candles. And uh, now you got these gorgeous rugs too. Oh yeah. So my rugs are stain proof. So if anyone wants, if they have pets and they want pet friendly or children, go to JillZarin.com. My rugs are impenetrable. I just did a video where I poured red wine on my uh, rug. <laughs> no one, everyone was like, "You're crazy!" And I literally took it out with one like thing of, of um, paper towels and a little spray. And these are like fancy looking rugs. This is not just they're like beautiful your throw rugs. Rug. And I also have wool rugs, but the wool ones I would not say are, they're, they're, they're friendly enough, but they're not pet friendly. I mean, you can get a stain out, but I would not recommend it if you have pets. So, so how do you get into all these different types of You know, I just work, I, I don't sleep and I yeah. work 24 I hours a day. I don't sleep. I know. Yeah. And, and I'm, a, I'm a born entrepreneur. I'm always thinking and I'm a connector. So I'm always trying to connect people and sometimes I end up connecting myself. Um, but rugs came from the fact that Bobby had a fabric business and I really got into home textiles. During COVID, we were selling masks because I'm an entrepreneur. Of course, I was tie dye and all that. And then after that, my daughter and I were partners. She wanted to continue to, to work and work together. So I came up with something that doesn't get marked down, you know, generally speaking, doesn't get marked down and isn't a fashion item that, you know, is discounted a lot. So there's cosmetics, which is like that and skincare, which is too competitive. So I went for crystal manifestation candles and we have a crystal in each candle and it has a manifestation message and people save the crystals and keep them and you have something after the candle burns out. Love that. Now, what does your daughter do? She works with me. She runs the company. Oh, she does? Yes, she does. That's awesome. She's That's awesome. Great. And we're in Sam's Club. Uh, you know, our business, uh, my rugs are in Lowe's now. We are in Macy's, Kohl's. We are really, and online. So we, we, we work really hard Do every you, day. Uh, are your sisters in your fraternity, whether it's uh, Teresa in New Jersey or... or uh, I don't know, Nene in Atlanta. Do they make sure they've got Jill Zarin They rugs? do, they do. Cynthia has a ton of them. Oh, um, I love Cynthia Bailey. Oh, Cynthia was just at my house recently. She's cool. She came my to my birthday. My wife and I do like her. I had a birthday party and she came. And so did oh. Casey from Casey and the Sunshine Band. And he oh. sang a song at my birthday. It was unbelievable. <laughs> um, I'm blessed to have some really amazing friends. And yes, any of the, you know, Ramona. And even when we weren't really that friendly, she she got rugs from me. And she I gave them to her. And recently she said she bought them. No so, kidding. Yeah. I was really, she like, I loved your rugs and I didn't want to ask again. So I bought them. So she, that was, she really... must have been last night at Rosanna Scotto's restaurant. I'm sure Fresco, they celebrated a 30 year anniversary. So, oh, um, wow. Ramona's always, I mean, was, I saw her there a couple of times. Oh, so. wow. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know Ramona's here. Usually she's in Palm Beach. This oh, maybe time she here. is. That's I don't right. know. I'm not what sure where I, she is. What am I thinking? Of course she is. <laughs> of course no she idea. is. So, but folks who uh, want to check out all of your stuff, whether it's the candles, the rugs, all that great Jill Zarin stuff, what's the best place to go? Well, go to jillzarin.com. For sure. And for candles specifically, you can get a link from jillzarin.com or you can go to Jill and Allie, A L L Y.com. And then uh, for Thursday night, if you are in Boca, yes, Boca Raton, Florida, in my home, I'm having a charity event. I'm going to have a special guest. I have a girl who actually graduated 
from NYU, and she was the first person to sue NYU for anti-Semitism. Oh, wow. Um, Adela, and she's unbelievable speaker, and she's going to come speak. We're flying her down, and it's going to be a really special evening. That's awesome. Great to see you, by the way. Thank you, you for great. having me. Uh, of course, absolutely. Anytime you want. Jill Zarin doing so many great things for the Thank Jewish you. people, for herself, for you want beautiful rugs, you want your house to smell good, and and new TV shows on top and new of TV that. Shows. New TV shows. A lot, shows. A lot going on. That's exciting. It is. Yeah. All right. When will we learn more about these uh, TV shows? I'm talking about the When the they pre- let me, premise? the networks don't let me talk. I mean, okay. I really have to, you know, follow follow the rules for a change. I used to get in trouble with Bravo, so I'm trying to learn my lesson. <laughs> yeah, it took yeah. a long time, though. Uh, uh, that's right. You can't uh, give up anything on the air. No. David no. Chase was serious kill about me. that. They'll kill you. I know. Jill Zarin, everybody. Check her out at JillZarin.com. And uh, check have her out at Jim Thursday. Thank you very have much. Have a safe Jill. trip. Thank you. When we get back, we'll talk to uh, our rabbi from Nepal. Ponzit. That's right. Rabbi Rebecca Epstein, live in studio. Thanks, Jim. Shut this uh, door, Noam, if you want. We um, Let's take a, a quick break, get some traffic from Joe Nolan. We'll come back and talk to my rabbi, 
Rabbi Rebecca Epstein from the ponds at West End Temple. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. says you can't go home. That's what Bon Jovi's saying right here. I'm telling you, you can go home. You know how I know that, guys? Because coming up on January 27th, which is literally this Sunday, that will mark the eight-year return from the year at WABC after spending nearly 16 years in Boca Raton, Florida. All I wanted to do was come home. With New York being home, this Sunday marks eight years since uh, since we've been back. You know, my favorite audio of the day, guys, is that Noah Tishby stuff. <laughs> Noah was out at the Sundance uh, Film Festival in Utah. I love Noah. And uh, she was interviewing these uh, lowlifes, these morons, these uh, just uh, assholes, these uh, pro-Palestinian people. And I want to play that quick before I get to my rabbi here. You have to hear how clueless... These people that block our streets and our tunnels and scare people. I mean, they, they, they become real problem in this city. Listen to how stupid these people are. Go ahead, Lou. Hi. So as it turned out, hate, anti-Semitism made its way to Sundance Film Festival, where people are calling for a ceasefire now, which is exactly what we had on October 6th before Hamas slaughtered all these Jews. From the river to the sea, Palestine needs to be free from the occupation, that, which is illegal. What's the river? Um, uh, I forgot the so river's the name, sea? but the sea is the Red Sea. So where is the river and the sea that everybody's chanting about? Uh, it's I think it's the Black Sea and the river on the other side of Gaza. Okay, so it's the Black Sea and the river on the other side of Gaza. The Palestinian genocide, it's just awful. What about the hostages? Do you know about the hostages? Unfortunately, I'm not that educated about that part. The occupation is illegal. Even chocolate is not allowed. Wedding dresses are not allowed. It's been this way for over 15 years. It's a genocide. Now, you've heard it now. Look, thank you. That's what's on It gets worse. They just, they don't know what the river is. They don't know what the sea is. They have no idea there's even hostages. One girl said, well, uh, somebody said there were hostages, but there's no proof. There's no proof of that. So that's what we're dealing with on a daily basis. So that inspired my wife, Danielle, to get us back to shul. And we joined a temple in my neighborhood, West End Temple in the Ponset. And uh, I had gone there once before on Yom Kippur for my father um, for the Yorkshire service for Yisker. And I liked the rabbi, uh, Rebecca. I liked her. So um, it made uh, joining the shul easy. And here she is in my studios this morning, my rabbi, Rebecca Epstein, and uh, and just to be completely honest here, uh, you were the first female I'd ever seen on the Bema. And I was like, whoa, that, that's different. And I'm sure you've heard that before. But you're a great rabbi. It doesn't matter. But it did at the time, it was a little shocking for me. 
That's awesome. I'm so glad that you came to our temple. I'm really glad to be here today to be talking to you. And it's been really awesome getting to know you and your family uh, as you've been participating in the show lately. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun. And I uh, know uh, the last time I couldn't make it because I was filming a, a movie, actually. But Danielle and Ava were there. Yep. And uh, Ava saw a gentleman by the name of Ken Stern speak. That's right. Mm-hmm. And they're still talking to this day. She's back in Europe. She'll, she still talks to Ken. So he obviously had a pretty big impact on her. Uh, him and I would not get along well uh, in conversations, I should say, not personally, because we disagree politically. But uh, I'm glad my daughter met him. And uh, he's doing great work with Danielle. And those are the types of influential people you've got at that shul all the time. Absolutely. Well, I feel like it's very important at our shul to bring in people that will get us talking and thinking about the critical issues of our time. And many kids, many people in our temple community have been impacted by anti-Semitism, especially since October 7th. And so it's really important that we join together as a community and think through this issue and think through what the best way is to respond. We're not all going to agree, but that's okay. That's why you become part of a community. Which is what we have. So tell me, uh, we, we joined the shul after October the 7th. We were inspired. I can't imagine I'm the only one. A day like that certainly motivates people, inspires people to do stuff like that. Did you see a pretty big uptick in people joining the shul since that day? Absolutely. I mean, I think what October 7th really did was get people to wake up to the fact that um, whether or not you identify publicly as a Jew um, your Jewish identity matters to the outside world. And so, therefore, we have to think about as Jews what matters about our Jewish identity to ourselves. Right, right. You know, and to really strengthen our connection to our tradition, to our community, and really figure out for ourselves what inspires us about being Jewish. And so we did. We saw a lot of people coming in afterwards, looking for community, looking for connection, looking for inspiration and wisdom from our tradition. So tell me how you become a rabbi. Again, growing up as a kid, um, and you're younger than I am, obviously, things have changed, and and a lot of it good, thank God. I mean, you being a rabbi is great. But uh, when you were a little girl, did you always want to be a rabbi? Well, it's a great question. So I was very active in my synagogue growing up. But it was Where was that? In St. Paul, Minnesota. No kidding. Land of 10,000 lakes. Have you been there? Have I been there? Not only have I been there, you ready for this? Okay. My first cousin, who grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and went to Hofstra University, spent eight years as the mayor of St. Paul. What? My first cousin is Norm Coleman. Oh, Norm Coleman, sure. When I was growing up. Yeah, okay. That's Uh, amazing. And I was there maybe four or five years ago for his uh, son Jacob's wedding right there at a beautiful church in St. Paul. Very nice. Yeah. Wow, that's So that's where you grew up. So that's the place where you fell in love with Judaism. That is the place, absolutely. So I grew up, uh, my parents were not very involved in synagogue, but I went and I loved it. I loved the Hebrew and I loved the music and I had a great woman rabbi growing up, Rabbi Stacy Offner, and she was really my inspiration. And uh, we went through some tough times when I was growing up. My mom had cancer. Thank God she survived. Thank God. My parents got divorced, but my temple was really my home. And I think looking back, one of the reasons I wanted to become a rabbi was to be able to provide that sense of community, that sense of welcome, that sense of home that I got when I was growing up. That's awesome. So tell me, uh, as we wrap this up, since October the 7th, when you find new uh, congregation members like me and Danielle and Ava and Gabe and others, what are you most proud of 
but when it comes to our people and what you've seen since that tragic day? Well, that's a great, great question. I've been so proud of our community at Weston Temple, the way that we have stepped up and really supported Israel and supported one another going through this tragedy. We had a beautiful fundraising dinner for Kibbutz Kfar Aza. We raised. I was at that. that you was were great. at that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We raised uh, $7,600 wow. for the kibbutz, which is pretty awesome. Um, I'll be going to that kibbutz uh, next week. Is that right? Yeah, wow. that's one of my stops. Yes. Okay, I was yeah. there a year ago mm. um, and met the mayor of the kibbutz who wow. was tragically killed defending his community on October seventh, yeah. Ophir Lipstein. Yep. And uh, I think you're going to have an incredible, incredible time when you go there. Have you been there before? Never been there before. Oh my gosh! This is as Justin points out the pilgrimage for me. That's going to be Big deal. It really changes everything when you go. Yeah. And you see. That's what I hear. And you meet the people. Yeah. And I think what you're going to see is obviously people have gone through a lot of trauma and are still dealing with it, but they're an incredibly resilient people. And they're going to be so appreciative that you're there. I think it's so important that we connect to Israel and that Israel connects to us here in the diaspora because we're one Jewish people and we have to stick together. Agreed. Great job. That is, uh, now you know why I go to her shul, everybody, the great <laughs> Rabbi Rebecca Epstein. And uh, the shul, again, is the West End Temple in Neponset. And uh, she does a tremendous job. Uh, Lou, I guess uh, we'll go to Joan Olin here. We'll take a short break and come back. All right, we'll take a short break and we'll come back and wrap things up on this, the Tuesday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning, exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. All right, guys, that was a heck of a show today. Heck of a show. Lou Rubino, look at you, baby. Look at you. Justin Ellick, Noam Layden. Jim Flippin's here today, too, as always. He's great, too. We done on this uh, Tuesday morning down to three. The amount of shows left in America before we head to Israel this weekend. So, as my dear friend Gene would say, God willing, we'll all be back for a 6 a.m. Wednesday show tomorrow. Until then, New York, from all of us to all of you, peace! Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.